This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Tank and Spank of Gilgamesh, Theoli Rolina of Asura, Shin Frostfire of Fairy. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. And by Alamo City Comic Con, October 28th through the 30th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in sunny San Antonio, Texas. Alamo City Comic Con celebrates the artists that entertain us through TV, movies, comics, gaming, and cosplay. For more info, including badge prices, celebrity guests, hotel accommodations, and more, visit alamocitycomiccon.com. I am not a good loser. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Episode number 73. I don't, I don't think I like that even when we pick our intros randomly, we still don't get ones with callow in them. Yeah, right? I know. We don't, we don't need him. It's, uh, that, that doesn't bode terribly well for him. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We're happy to have you here live at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. We are Final Fantasy XIV's favorite talk show. That's, That's right. we can legally say. That's right. LimitBreakRadio.com is the website, YouTube.com slash LimitBreakRadio, Facebook.com slash LimitBreakRadio, at LimitBreakRadio on Twitter, and of course you can call the show. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, and now on Discord at LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We want to hear from you today because, of course, this past week saw the release of Deep Dungeon. Finally! Finally! So we want to hear, was this enough to get the job done? Is this something that's plugged you back into the game? We want to know, what's your interest level in FF14 right now? Because there was a lot riding on this event, and I think that the reaction has been decidedly mixed. Uh, mixed is right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we want to hear from you. We're curious what you have to say. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. And now on Discord at LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Let's kick it over to our studios. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, some empty studios, so if you'd like to join us on the Sargentana server, you can do that at the Goblet, Plot 35th Ward. That's where our house is. We don't even have all of our hosts here today, so I'll you can assume help. it's empty in there because everyone's in Deep Dungeon. You Well, let's... Uh, actually, I mean, the area around Deep Dungeon, uh, uh, where you enter, it's yeah. very busy. Oh, my God. I feel like we maybe we should have done a live remote from out there today. Well, maybe. just yeah. AFK there. 
That's tr- that's true. They it's do, kind but of strange too. just the first time I logged in there, I was like, I wonder where I go. Oh, that's probably where I go. Yeah, yeah. Not too hard to figure it out. No, I don't. I don't think it was. So, uh, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Bit of a uh, truncated cast here today. Uh, this is actually the smallest cast that we've rolled with for a while. We have no interns. I think Scurro might be. No, I don't even think. He- oh, he's in the chat. He's here. Okay, yeah, he's lurking around somewhere. But so we got uh, what three and a half people here. Yeah, we've got. Three Three, yep. That's, Three and a half. That's, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we, we don't have Kooky. Kooky's out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, we don't have uh, Papa Woody. It is Papa Woody's birthday, so happy birthday to him. He is probably spending his time far better than uh, taking orders from it's us today. the weekend of birthdays. This though. is a weekend of birthdays. What yep. is going on? It sure is. Escalia's birthday was this week. Yep. Nika's birthday was this week. Yep. So, uh, it's just us three. Uh, it was not my birthday. My birthday is deep in December so uh, just like to point out two of the birthday people made it to the show on Sunday just, yeah just, two two out of the three yeah just saying doing, doing pretty good I what's, think what's up with that pop <laughs> anyway <laughs> you know what the one thing I'm okay with is Kooky not being here because whenever she goes to SDCC like or any con she brings us something cool and not only that but I think she also hands out business cards for us yeah so it's so like that's a good opportunity yeah so yeah. I don't I don't mind it when it's her everyone else Come on. Right? Come on, guys. Seriously. Well, I heard, like, Juxta, like, got in a car accident or something. It's pretty serious, <laughs> right? Uh, I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Why isn't he here? I don't know. I, I have no idea. He had, a, he had a family thing. He's playing FF11? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a family thing? I don't know. Is that I true? that's what he said. I think he's playing Pokemon Go. I think that's... <laughs> With that, his family. That's the truth. In Maybe. the car, and that's what caused the accident. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, think, I think, okay, we're getting there. We all had the right story, just we had to put it together. I see, yeah. We've got bits and pieces of this story, but we've never actually uh, uncovered the full thing. So, if you're a fan of the show, thank you guys. We appreciate uh, you joining us here today. Uh, but here's the thing. All right, so... If you're also a fan of Final Encountercast, which why is, wouldn't you be? Which is our other show of uh, found over at FinalEncounterCast.com and of course Twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast. Uh, we are actually not going to be doing this show today. We're not going to oh. be doing Final Encountercast today. Ooh. So uh, I want to take a moment to talk to all the Final Encountercast fans because we're literally just going to excerpt this part of the show out and put it on the Final Encountercast feed. So hi, Final Encountercast fans. We appreciate your support and uh, we appreciate everything that you've done to help Final Encounter Cast grow. We're taking this week off for a couple of reasons, okay? The first reason is that it is very, very, very hot. I don't know if it's hot near where you are, but here where we have the studios, it is not just hot, it's also humid. It is like 104 and humid today. It's 100 degrees here, too. Yeah, it's brutal. So... We figured in the interest of saving our uh, saving our sweat, but also saving our uh, stressing out our electronics that we're only going to do limit break radio today. But there's also a second reason. And and this uh, this reason is very important, is that if you go over to our Patreon account over at Patreon dot com slash limit break radio, which is how this show and final encounter cast is funded. But if you go over there, you'll see our totals are at 1894. Uh, we had a challenge issued last week that if we got that, uh, if we got the Patreon number to 200, or if we got the per month uh, number up to 2,000, that uh, one of our listeners would step up with a hundred dollars. 
given on Patreon a month. Uh, we're still very shy of that, guys. If you'd like to just give a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash limit break radio, it helps support us a lot and it gets us much closer to that $100 gift. Now, if the account is sitting at $18.94. If we have six people step up, that means that we're just, I mean, that's, that's 14 people from being to the goal. And if we hit the goal of 200 patrons, we're boom, right back up above 2000. So this show is, you know, and we budget very specifically for each show. The reason that we do that is so that we have money set aside to be able to do things like go out to FF14 Fan Fest or, uh, you know, uh, be able to have awesome contests for you guys, you know, like and be able to buy new equipment if something breaks or if we want to upgrade something in the studio. All of this stuff is really important to be able to continue this project. And so I want to encourage you guys supporting over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. Now's the time to give. It's the 24th. We've got until uh, the first to be able to do this. We've got until August 1st. So guys, head on over to patreon.com slash limit break radio, because unfortunately, if that total stays below 2000, then weeks off from FEC are going to happen a little bit more regularly because we're just not going to be able to produce that show in a sustainable way. Again, we are working on other methods to be able to fund our content. We are working on a plan to be able to deliver content five days a week. This is all stuff that we're working on very hard behind the scenes. And so that has a way of eating into the time that we would spend producing the show, spend uh, the time that we would spend producing Final Encountercast, and time that we would just otherwise be relaxing or unwinding or even streaming. So guys, again, your support is critical right now. Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Go there. Just a dollar a month will get you access to the bonus content that we have and will get us one patron closer to the $200 uh, match goal that, uh, that's been set for us. So uh, we want to, uh, of course, uh, we want to thank all of you and all of your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. You guys are the best audience. And so we're trying to work very hard for you to be able to uh, uh, find new funding sources and new outlets and uh, new opportunities for us. So it's really our, our goal that eventually we don't have to ask for money. Yeah. Like that's where we'd like this to be at. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's I think that that's not just a good goal to have. I think that that's fair. I think that that's fair to you guys. It shows you that, you know, we're willing to come as far as you guys are in supporting this product. Uh, I think you guys, uh, you know, there's some of you out there who have had that sense since day one. There are some of you who it's take six. It's taken six or seven months uh, worth of listening to that show to realize that. Or maybe you're just coming to that to the show for the first time. And, uh, you know, you've never heard what we put down before, Uh, you know, and and if, if you're not sold, just keep listening if you just keep listening you'll be able to figure out whether this is a show or a product for you and because right now it's a product that is run a hundred percent on your support we just continue we ask that you continue uh to 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 give over at patreon.com slash limit break radio and you get some cool stuff in return if you do 
Uh, for example, the uh, $5 a month will get you an LB Army dog tag. $10 a month will get you a super cool path tag keychain. $20. Uh, 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 the $35, sorry, the uh, $35 will get you the uh, art print. Uh, and uh, 50 bucks will get you an awesome t-shirt plus all of the other rewards underneath it. So guys, head on over to patreon.com slash limit break radio today and help us out. And if you do, by the way, make sure you leave a patron post with your yes. name so we know who to thank. Yes. Yeah. Part of uh, part of the, uh, you know, cool thing about Patreon is that, you know, we we get to thank you guys directly at the beginning of the show. And uh, yeah, we ask you that, uh, you know, you leave that in a post on the patron page so that we're able to go there and easily uh, easily collect them. So something else I wanted to remind you about uh, the RSS feeds for Limit Break Radio and for the LBR Podcast Network, which will be changed eventually to the Let's Be Real Podcast Network. That's all over available at uh, Google Play now, as well as iTunes. We ask that you guys uh, head on over there and leave us a little bit of iTunes love, because it helps other people find this show, and we really want to encourage other people to find the show other ff14 fans to find the show and other video game listeners to find final Encountercast. we have very few reviews on final Encountercast, so we'd like to uh, encourage you guys to maybe head on over there and uh, just leave what you think we, we don't ask for positive reviews we don't ask that you uh, you know you leave anything there that you don't you know fully believe but we just want your feedback so good or bad yep itunes itunes is a good place to see it because that allows other people to see it from the mismatcher a nero in less than five minutes just put more incentive into their patreon than the devs do for 14 Uh, right ouch (laughs) ouch uh also guys uh the uh alamo city comic-con is another way that we're uh supported so uh 5,000 followers all contributing one dollar Math is not hard. Neither is giving a dollar. Do IT. Do IT. Do like IT. That's it. Do like Mr. Jack just uh, recommended and do IT. Give over at patreon.com slash limit break radio. That is, you know, the math's not hard. 5,000 followers. If everyone gave, that would be easily, uh, you know, that that would give that would get us a whole new tier of content. We'd have like two new shows produced at that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash limit break radio is the way to get that done. Uh, so, yeah, we really do appreciate your support. And thank you, Mr. Jack, for that donation. Uh, we also want to remind you about Alamo City Comic Con coming up in October. That's October 28th through the 30th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas. We uh, we're going to be out there, guys. If you're an LBR fan, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, uh, uh, then you know what I think you're going to want to be paying attention to what is going on out at Alamo City because it's going to be a big deal. Uh, we're excited to go down there and be part of it. We're excited to be announcing some stuff out there. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some network announcements too to uh, uh, you know put on top of that as well. But uh, yeah, we uh, we're super excited to be going down to Alamo City Comic Con and uh, meeting all of our. Uh, uh, I'm going to assume Texan fans. Uh, so yeah, join us out at uh, the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center, October 28th through the 30th in San Antonio, Texas. Meet some cool people, including a lot of Doctor Who folks: Billy Piper, Karen Gillan, uh, David Tennant. That's the big one. Uh, Want to know why there are a ton of birthdays? Real simple. You all got conceived on Halloween. 
Congrats, your parents are so into RP they fucked with costumes. Usually you are on the right server. Oh. Wow. I, I, I didn't want to think about that, but thank Man, you. I am like thinking back to like, wait, did my parents really celebrate Halloween? Please say no. Okay. Great. How enthusiastic about Halloween were they when you were growing up? Um you know, so, more I mean, so my than my dad's I work had parties sometimes and like there was one year where they actually got like prosthetics and stuff, which was really Oh cool. my god. Oh so. my god. Oh, Oh god. Okay. Oh god. We used to go on vacation every year over Halloween. On Halloween night, I was sent to go over to my cousins down in Florida and hang around with them. Oh. Oh no. my god. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Ah. You you you've got siblings. What are where are their birthdays clustered? Um. You, are my you brother is August. He's one month after me. Oh god. No. Oh. Oh god. Oh no. Oh no. Oh god. I think I think Zero may have hit onto something. Oh no. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Not anything I wanted to think about. But nope. Thank you. But that's, All right. that's we a be thing. done. I'm going home. That's a thing. Uh also we we want to remind you guys about this super cool thing called Final Symphony. Now, if you live out on the West Coast, if you live out near San Francisco and you still want to go, sfsymphony.org. It's coming up on the 27th, just a few days from now, and it's going to uh the uh, performance is going to be uh it's gonna be uh preceded. There we go. That's the word that I was looking for. Looking for by a talk by Hironobu Sakaguchi, uh, the creator of the Final Fantasy franchise, and uh, July 27th at 7:30 at the Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco. Now, Nika, I understand that you just what was it last night? Yep, just last night got to go see Final Symphony out in Baltimore. How was the performance? Yep. It was great. I don't want to spoil too much because I, I mean, I kind of want to write an in-depth review, but I'll wait until people who are going um, next week go. But I mean, I had a great time. Great. That's awesome. Now, you've also gone to Distant Worlds as well, right? Yes, a couple times. So did you notice a marked difference in the presentation of the content from Distant Worlds? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Distant Worlds, I think, is, you know, the music is still fantastic, but Distant Worlds is more about the actual, I feel like they, they play the songs from the games and they're more about the experience. They have the video screens, they have sure. the, you know, they, they interact with the audience. It's a little bit more literal. Song. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's much more about just the atmosphere and the experience, whereas I feel like I, I wasn't expecting it and it was, it was a nice change. It was interesting that... Um, Final Symphony is set up very much like a classical orchestra concert, like the movements in three pieces and that kind of thing, like very, very classical orchestra, right. which is not something we're used to with Final Fantasy concerts. So it was very nice. That's great. Well, uh, which again, would you say you enjoyed more? It's hard to say. Like, I think Distant Worlds is an experience. I would still, I, I like the experience, but when I look at like the FF7 movements from last night, I was mm-hmm. almost in tears. It was so beautiful. So it's really hard to compare. I've been you know? told they're very hard to compare because they're because so they're not, different. The, the experience is not the same. So it's, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to compare. Would you go again? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, high praise from Nika. So if you're interested in checking out Final Symphony, again, Wednesday, July 27th, that's this week, San Francisco Symphony uh, at the Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco. It's going to be a great performance with music from Final Fantasy 6, 7, and 10. The 10 movement is a piano concerto uh, mm. that is just 
fantastic. Uh, and if you want more information, including preview of any of the music, spielemusicconcerte.de. And again, we want to thank Final Symphony. Eckerhart Stier, as well as the San Francisco Symphony, with uh, for for first of all their time for Eckerhart Stier's time, and second of all for uh, providing us with four tickets that we gave away in the last couple of weeks uh, here on Limit Break Radio and over on Final Encountercast. And congratulations to our winners! Can't wait to hear from you guys about how much fun you had out at uh, Final Symphony. So, uh, all right, with that all out of the way. Let's check out what exactly has been going on in FF14 News. This is a limit-breaking news update. So, on Tuesday, we had the patch 3.35 drop, uh, uh, along with, of course, Deep Dungeon. We knew Deep Dungeon was going to be in there. We got a couple of new Doze animations that have been added. Our peers unite. Gross. <laughs> We've got season two of the feast that has officially begun, uh, and it is scheduled to end at three point four five. Uh, as with the last season, rewards will be distributed at the end based on rank achieved. Now, I couldn't find if they're going to have new rewards that weren't available last season. I couldn't find any information on that. That would be interesting. Although, you know, I think you guys are right with the low output of, uh, you know, the the yeah, gear. You get last like one time. piece of gear, so I yeah. feel like there's more motivation to continue to try to get the full set. I whatever. guess. I mean, I just, I guess, I'm so disappointed because I'm so nonplussed about the gear design that it's. Yeah. I have n- that it. Prov- Provides no incentive for me to really want to do it. For me, it comes down to like the actual PvP itself. Like I would do it if it was fun or if the gear was amazing. But it's kind of fallen flat on both. And of those also, for what me. I didn't realize, yeah. I was I was talking to Sir today or yesterday about PvP, and I didn't realize that when they released the new front lines, they also have not released actual new PvP gear to get. So Siren was like, you know, I did PvP mostly for the glamour of the Mung gear because it always yeah. looks so cool, but there's nothing. So there's really no point in doing PvP to get wolf marks or anything right now because... It's pretty much just a tome grind. Yeah, it's tomes or in the off chance you'll get in the top couple places for that random piece of gear, but there's no actual right. gear for the casual wolf tome, wolf marks person to get. So those people are not trying PvP because there's no reward. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty unfortunate right there. I, I, you know, uh, I think PVP has been worked into a weird place, uh, in, in FF14. Um, so, uh, matchmaking will now place a higher priority on matching players with players in the same or adjacent rank. Yeah, they kind of broke it up into like two tiers. Like there's the bottom three tiers and the top three tiers, and it'll try and focus on putting you in those two tier areas. Okay, alright. Uh, Fields of Glory now requires 1,600 points to win, down from the 1,800, which makes uh, uh, matches uh, a little bit faster there. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, the magic resistance for activated Icebound Tomeliths has been increased, and battlefield maps have been adjusted to make elevation more visible. The drop rates for White, uh, Bismarck, uh, Rose, Ravana, and uh, Round Thordon uh, whistles have been increased and may now be purchased for 99 totems from Britannia. Right, so you can get 99 of the Bismarck totems and trade them in for a whistle. Because I guess everyone's mad about that. I, I Is that I don't think really? so. Really? Who cares? I Okay. 
Well, uh, let me phrase. Skuro was mad about it. <laughs> okay. Is he in everybody? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, he's not. But he always finds something about every patch to be butthurt about. I, I feel like he's like, oh, I'm part of Limit Break Radio. I have to find something to be mad at. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the Diet Coke of Limit Break Radio. Where yeah. It's just like, well, this seems like Limit Break Radio, so I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, there is a free login campaign in celebration of FF14 reaching 6 million users. That number is highly dubious. And the <laughs> yes. launch of 3.35 will begin July 25th. Runs all the way until August 30th. Any player who has not had an active account in the last 30 days is eligible and can play for up to five days after the initial login. That's 6 million unique accounts that have ever been registered. And so it's, it's still not, highly dubious, it's I still, think. Yeah, that's the thing, is that it's still not sure that I totally trust that number. Does this count, like, people who bought the free, or, like, had the free trial and then didn't resub after that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, does that does that <laughs> count people who let their sub fall off and then resubbed? Like, does that count as two people? Yeah, no. see, I, that's, that's the thing, is that you really don't have a good idea of how any of this data is calculated. You know? It's, I mean, I think six million people have at some point played the game really yeah and like they could have played for 30 days and then quit i think and like are they also counting like 1.0s i know a ton of people that played 1.0 and then never came back hey well okay so we had all these people who played 1.0 and then we gave them a free copy of 2.0 technically that counts as two people right <laughs> <laughs> that counts. I don't know. I think they probably jumped through a lot of hoops to get to six million. Uh, yeah, I I really do think that you you've got to do some gymnastics to be able to I, get to that number. I think the legal department was consulted. Is it? Can we say this? Are we covered? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that every organization that deals with audience, because let's we've we've identified this before, is that in you know an MMO is sort of like. Uh, a TV show or a you know a radio show or anything in media where it's like you're uh, you live and die by your audience if people aren't paying you to play your game then that game is gonna go away I mean yeah. we've seen it happen I don't know how many times well just remember technically 5.5 rounds up to six right yes yeah, what Arthur said to oh. oh he probably just said uh, let's round up a little bit yeah I don't know <laughs> I think it's a it's a little suspect. I I agree. It does. It seems very suspect to me. Anyway, um, but enjoy the free login campaign. People coming back. It'll give you a chance to try out Deep Dungeon, no matter what level you are, no matter when you quit. No, well, unless they quit at level five. Okay, unless they quit at level five. Most people, I feel like they got past level seventeen though. So, uh, <laughs> the uh, the, the long <laughs> way comes to an end this Tuesday. The much-anticipated Yokai Watch crossover event is set to hit Eorzea, and this event is set to run through October 3rd, so everyone has plenty of stupid time. October? Apparently, there's like two mounts you can get from it. So I don't... They're going <laughs> to be it. They're gonna be the dumbest-looking mounts. The gear is oh, the yeah. dumbest-looking gear. Ugh. You say that now, but you know we're going to find some really Ugh. cool like, No, that we're no, no. Like Garbo. Yep. No. I don't believe it. I don't yep. believe it at all. This I is my drop of semen mount. Oh, wait. It's what? Ugh. The, the, the what? puff cloud thing. Remember that? Looks like a big glob of semen. Am I the only one who's seen this mount? I think maybe. Maybe so I is just it like a, Is it like a tadpole or something? No, it's like a little puff of cloud. No, I haven't seen this at all. 
Where did you Am see I that? insane? Where, where, where did you see we this? We talked about this on an episode, didn't we? I don't we? know that we did. I thought no, it was for the Yoke. The mount for the Moogle Quest is a poofy dandelion. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. Oh, please, chat, help me out. Tell me I'm not insane with this. Maybe no, I think you are. I, I think you've lost your mind. Maybe I saw, yeah, maybe I saw Ghostbusters. Now that's all I can see is puffy little clouds. I don't know. <laughs> I've lost my mind. Okay. It's a jizz ghost. See, the chat's jacking me up. There's a jizz ghost. When is a jizz ghost exactly? I don't, I don't know. Does anyone Somebody, have a Yeah, it, let's, I want a link to this. This is confusing. Uh, so There we go. The link's in the chat. Okay. Let's see. Oh, oh, that thing. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Like, I'm not crazy. We've yeah, talked about all right. that, right? Yeah. I don't, think, I don't like, think we did talk like about it. It's to me. I don't think I don't think we ever talked about it, but I could see where you get jizz ghost from that. Well, it's like toothpaste. I appreciate your clean mind, Nika. Oh, Nika, you're nice. Your naivety is so so adorable. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to to provide a balance to you, dirty guys over there. Making <laughs> uh, fun of our hygiene. So, uh, PC Powerplay <laughs> sat down with an interview with uh, Yoshi P. Was there anything even decent out of this interview? No, no, <laughs> the, really. I put. I I really considered just not putting it on the outline. So why is it on the outline? Are we talking about it because there's nothing in it? Kinda. Yeah. These are like the like. Look through some of the questions and tell me that the most softball questions you've ever. Like, this is official forums level questions. Really. Take a look at some of these. Like, oh god, loading up now. <laughs> well, like I don't. What I don't is know. the like, future? Like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it basically is what is the future of the game? Because I mean, PC Powerplay has never, and this is an Australian website. I feel like how often do they get interviews with him? So if there are people who have never heard of the game and don't know what's going on, like they want to know like the basics of how they, you know, when you made 2.0, well, how but decide all of this, and yeah, like well, but, how does the development work in your team, like that's the kind of stuff. Like how do you pick what's priority over what's not? Like that's basically what half the questions are. I, so then, then the question then. Be- comes what does square enix get out of an interview like this they must feel like pc powerplay is a is a uh an audience that's worth courting and i don't know that it is i've never heard of pc powerplay i don't know I yeah mean, i hadn't heard of them before be i saw in the interview I'm not maybe but um, i don't know i feel like do they i mean i totally lost what i was gonna say but like i just I don't know. Like when they do interviews like this, do they know what kind of questions they're going to ask ahead of time? Like, are they actually going to give useful information to a website like this that isn't a very big game player in the game? No, like, I they don't actually reveal stuff. So maybe they don't mind questions like this. From I don't smaller? know. I see people? the thing. I I sort of feel like if the interviewer asks the right questions, that Square Enix does respond in kind. Because yeah. we've seen some amazing interviews come out of very very smart connected people like Fusion X at Gamer Escape. The, those interviews are always good yeah those are uh, there's always something in there that's worth talking about and so it it, i don't know it kind of drives me nuts when you get these you know these softball questions over and over and over again whether they're through live letters or whether they're through pc power play but it's just like why not actually sit down and spend time with someone who knows the product enough to be able to ask you a question that your your audience is actually going to value well like listen like for the, the very opening question is what are the milestones for the future of final fantasy 14 and the answer is exactly what you would think uh 3.35 3.4 3.5 and the next expansion 
Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course. That makes sense. Like, but like, why would you? Why do you ask that question? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I a lot it. of the questions are they're more about the developmental mindset, which I don't think is too bad to ask. It's like, how do you feel about it? at this point and they're like how does it you know how did you decide like have you have have, have how do you decide what to do as you go forward have have the content you released ever actually changed based on what the users have said um and i mean they are from australia and so it does say like what are the biggest requests from the australian region okay which is obviously right we I want guess, i guess want yeah server. so if server. yeah if they're trying to reach out uh i guess to to uh australian players then that makes sense that makes sense the one question they asked that i actually kind of liked was asking does content ever drastically change based on user feedback which I think is a decent question because it kind of forces them to talk about it. But they didn't. All they responded with was like, well, I mean, the, the big thing was FF14 being reincarnated and relaunched as a Realm Reborn. Okay, right. obviously. Right. <laughs> can, can you give us anything else? Any I other? They, I think they were digging for something a little more there. Like, were you about yes. to release something and then people said that they wanted something else and you've, you know, last minute, like, drastically changed it. I think that's what they're going for. But. I don't know. They do mention at some point on there that they don't just, their community teams don't just, like, troll the official forum and stuff. They do listen to community-made content. That was kind of interesting to me. Did they say that? Oh, wow. They, well, they Is that, something. Was that, was that an LBR shout there, maybe? Uh, I wish uh, maybe that'd be good I just like the way they they phrase it like they have a they have a community team and that that listens to what's going on in each of the communities including content I'm like that's interesting at least hmm. Which that says to me there's they probably got someone who's checking out the the reddit forum and checking out probably podcasts yeah yeah actually I like that the Yoshi seems to have quite the ego actually the question that says um, is the plan to always continually update FF14 or is there plans for future Final Fantasy MMOs yes and, and he says that he wants to always continue updating it so that it's the latest Final Fantasy. MMOs are not easy to create, so I think we will not see any other FF, MMO, FF series turn into MMOs while I am in charge of 14. Damn. <laughs> just, lay, just laying it out right there. Like, right, let me get my pants off, and there's my dick. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, so also with uh, 3.35, we saw the release of Palace of the Dead. It launched with 50 floors. Uh, you've got a level 17 requirement to enter, and as promised, players can enter solo or in a party, and can enter both in a pre-made or through Duty Finder. So, let's talk about Deep Dungeon Palace of the Dead. Yes. Because this, I think, you know, there was a lot of hope around around this event. Well, how long have we been talking about this? Uh, well, I, I mean, we... They we, announced it at PAX East, I think. We did know that, you know, we were due for, uh, you know, for, for Deep Dungeon in a quicker turnaround than most .5 patches, but I feel like it was right on, like, in terms of, like, like we had to wait just as normal, just as long as normal uh, for this patch. So I don't feel like we did get it any quicker. Uh, but uh, all right, we've we've gotten it. We've had uh, you know less than a week of hands on. Uh, Nika, I think you're the farthest. You got to floor. I have, I have cleared it today. Okay, you cleared it today. So Nika, uh, uh, definitely uh, ahead of the two of us. Uh, my time. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Real quick, uh, before before we uh, get into the conversation, 
My time has been extremely strapped this week. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, fans have noticed my absence from streaming. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I and, and, you know, fans who are on Sergeant Tannis, I'm sure, have also noticed that I just have not been logging on in the last two weeks. Uh, it's for a really good reason. It's not that I'm distracted by Dark Souls. It's not that uh, I'm distracted by Pokemon Go. It's actually that I have been. Uh, I don't lie. It's definitely Pokemon Go. It well, it's a it's a <laughs> little Pokemon Go. There's a little Pokemon Go. I'll tell you what though, Pokemon Go is like the only thing that I have been able to play with any kind of consistency because I have been nowhere near my computer or really even my house for like the past two weeks. Uh, I've been you know working on stuff behind the scenes for LBR, stuff behind the scenes for my new job. And it's a lot. It's it's a lot to balance right now. And I would love to be able to carve out a couple of hours to hang around and play some Dark Souls or to, you know, log on to FF14. But it's really difficult with time being at such a premium right now. And uh, I wish that I had more time to invest in uh, checking out Deep Dungeon. Uh, I, this is going to be weird. This is going to sound weird coming from me, especially. But I'm going to shout out Skuro because he actually, you know, like made the time and formed the group to to take me through at least the first 30 floors yesterday so i have a little bit of context with this but just not a ton and i i i want to have a conversation about it and uh just uh, you know i i in the interest of transparency you guys got to know where i'm coming from how far uh i've been and how tuned in i've been to this and which is to say not at all and that's really unfortunate i feel bad i feel like i haven't been doing my job as a host for lbr and that's kind of tough for me. That's kind of frustrating for me. So uh, bear with us, guys. We're going to talk about Deep Dungeon. And, of course, we want to take your calls as Do well. Do your job. We want to take your calls as well. Uh, I will eight, to you. 810-515-8715. Limit Break Radio on Skype. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you want to call in. We definitely want to talk to you. So let's talk about Deep Dungeon. Uh, I think the nice thing about this event is this will be a conversation that we're going to see evolve over weeks because like you said yes. the reactions to it have been mixed and already we've i've seen se start to take feedback and things that they're going to change about it they were talking about it in the official forums well that's good i you know i i i see a lot of promise here because yes you know, first of all the uh the the random the rng of the dungeon is pretty decent um yes. you know there's they they did a pretty good job at making uh, you know, making the the variables interesting, the rooms vary. Um, it really is only that that three by three grid though that you get. Uh, you that know. that will change. I, I oh, mean, will I, it? I've had uh, okay. rooms now like like my floor thirty six was like six tall and then one shot off to the right. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's definitely, it definitely varies up more okay. than that as you get deeper. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and again, like I said, I have I've not been able to experience all the aspects of this, so. Um, How spoilerific are we allowed to get with the the cutscenes, though? Well, are we allowed? I'm on floor forty, and so far I've just had a girl appear behind me. Yeah, it's for a long time. I feel like there's really not much except spooky. Yeah, is is the floor fifty cutscene big? I mean, it's not huge, but after you clear floor fifty, it kind of hints at what we may be fighting in the future yeah but the thing okay actually you know what fuck it let's talk it i i think i think we should talk about it uh you know not everyone is going to be getting down there that quickly but at the same time i sort of feel like 
it's sort of intrinsic to the whole theme of the place. We already kind of know a lot. Like, we already kind of know Edda's down there. Uh, you know, we, we've seen other NPCs that have popped That's up. That's actually other. really crazy. The entire time I went all the way from 1 to 50, I only saw one other NPC. Me too. Now, and do you fight them? Are, you are, do. Yeah. They're just kind of standing there. And I don't even think they aggro, actually, do they? Uh, they uh, The one guy aggroed me. I had one of the... Um, one of the guys from the uh, Annex Trine area who was hunting chocobos, he was like hunting, he's like look, still looking for chocobo eggs. Really? Yeah. No, he, I, no, no, no. There's, was it an Ishgard guy? Uh, it looked like an Ishgardian because guy. I think, because there's a name, there, cause I, there's a thread actually, Skrull linked it, where there is a, the people are compiling the characters that they're finding. Oh, interesting. And he he was from, I think, the original Gridanians. There's there's one NPC from each of the original stories from each nation, and he was from the original Gridanian story and stole a chocobo egg oh, back in the beginning. Oh, I thought it was and, one of the chocobo poachers. No, I don't think so. And then, um, was he an Elizabeth, like, Lancer looking yes, guy? Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, so that's from that. There's also, like, a Marauder from the uh, original. I want to say one of, one of the there's a Limsa some from the Limsa story and some from the old Da story and then there's also um, if a Dusk White Lancer which is the guy who like fell off the edge and died during the Lancer cutscenes right um, and there's also a guy from the Gladiator cutscene that I sadly don't remember but there's also you remember the party of three that you meet in Sestasha who dies in Copperbell Mines they're all found down there oh wow and really? that's one that, that's one of the ones that we ran into because you, you kill them and they say something like oh Dolores I'm looking for you or something you're like what and they just appear and randomly at, yeah they're just like random people it's really sad and then you look up who they are and they're like oh my gosh I remember them Wow, yeah. this is like cool, they don't actually. have the same names, but they have the same. There's scrolls linking the the links in the chat right there. I only um, ran into the one NPC, but I thought it was a really cool moment when I saw him. I didn't realize there were so many other ones I could have a chance to run into. Fun. Yeah, I I think you that th- find all three of the people from that adventuring party. Interesting. I I think that that's that's probably one of the coolest aspects because again, that's something that it, you know RNG it changes every time you've got a chance. Now, the only thing that I think I would have liked out of that you know basically like how it's laid out the way that it is i would have liked you know not just some like pomander bonus or whatever from from killing them because as i understand i don't think you get you don't get much of anything right now hey guys squirrel is he's a fuck i got nothing <laughs> okay Oh, was that his war swine? Thank you, yeah. war swine. Okay. Yeah, he tried. Yeah, he's got um, nothing actually, do. I think that Immortal Flame NPC, I heard he was one of the people who were was tempered during the Ifrit cutscenes. Oh. That's what I heard. I was if you read that one of the threads that Scrooge posting. So it's it's really interesting that they would that they remember these, you know, old NPCs that we barely remember, you know? And, Mar- and Marcus Marcus is pointing out the NPCs you find are also worth double XP. Oh, okay. All right. Double XP. That's good. But, I, you know, I think... And again, the, the weapons are good. The the design of the weapons is pretty cool. I, I think, you know, people are going to want to get them for, uh, for glamour purposes oh, yeah. and, and everything and like that. And they're also 235 weapons. So yeah, they're I'm, not bad I'm weapons. planning on getting the warrior one so that I have a viable warrior weapon because I'm, you know, close to getting the relic for my main, so... They're, and that, they're pretty and that, worth using. Yeah, yeah. They're not, you know, they're not bad weapons by any means. And so, you know, they're definitely worth getting. Here's the thing. I, you know, and because people are saying that there's just not enough reward coming out of it, that there's just not enough reason to, to do it. Once you've got your weapon, it's pretty much, you know, it's a good way to cap tomes. But I really think that there should have been an armor set that comes out of here. Even I if it's can't just a believe, body piece or something. I can't, yeah, it, it, it's anything. I, I can't believe that there's just absolutely... But you don't think that maybe they're not just saving this for future installments going forward? 
I, I maybe, mean, but maybe, but because I, you say like right now, if you talk to the NPC to that it says, "I want to," that Skuro is a spy dude, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a spy dude? He's a, a, spy. He's a, spy. a spy. Oh, a spy dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. A spy dude. Crazy. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Spy, why, a spy for what? I, I don't know. Um, but if you talk to the NPC that's and you click, I want to try to take out my weapon, they're like, are you crazy? Why would you would never be able to take that weapon out of there? So blah, blah, blah. So I feel like just lower wise, maybe the next set, you know, because we have an ar- a body piece armor and a, a weapon that we upgrade that maybe the next set would give us an armor piece. I maybe like fifty one to one hundred. You think? I, I think they just give us weapons every single time. That would be boring. That's well, what I was guessing. See, is you get a weapon. I was what personally what I was hoping for was that each new expansion would be a different set, a new a different armor set. You know what I mean? Like I I feel like if they had more, just more of an incentive, like drawing out the incentive over a long period of time. I'm not a fan of that. If you have just more stuff for people to grind for, more more carrots on the stick, then it's going to keep people tuned in. I have some serious concerns about how long this is going to keep people's attention. You know, I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people have that concern. You know, like I, I really do. I can tell you, Siren, now that we've gotten to 450, he said he's never doing it again. <laughs> really? I don't think he's yeah. alone in that either. I think a lot of people are, are concerned. He's like, I yeah. completed the content, got the story, I came done. No more. Cause, and he also thinks the weapons are an eyesore. He thinks that it's just a giant glow, and it, it it's not like it's actually a glow on the weapon. It's just a giant glow. I and he doesn't he doesn't even like I like it, too. Yeah, but it I, looks awesome. I can see why it would be an eyesore, honestly. Though. Yeah, like, I you know, I, I don't... I, I understand the opinion. I don't know that I agree, but I understand it. Uh, I definitely want it. I think it. I want it too. Yeah, I mean, just to have it, uh, you know, is a thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just I. And and what are animal weapons right now? The relics two, are two forty, two forty. Yeah. So if you've already grind, you know, did did the grind to grind to the end of your animal weapon, this really is only. A glamour weapon. Or a secondary job, which is, I mean, because I play Paladin, I'm going to get the Relic for Paladin, I'm going to get this weapon for Warrior. So that way I have two viable tanks. I was doing a little bit of deep dungeon on my second character, and like getting XP out of the dungeon in addition was awesome. Like the XP is pretty decent. Yeah. At like level 53, I think my other character is, I was like 250,000 XP for completing the dungeon. You guys are the best. I can't wait for a yokai watch. Oh, God. Zero. <laughs> oh, gag. God damn it. But the thing Thank is, you, you need though. so much XP to level at that point, though, that if you just run, like, a vault or whatever dungeon you're on, you get more XP in the, in the amount of time that you would do a deep dungeon. So it's really not worth it just for XP. Maybe. I don't know. You can run 1 to 10 really fast. Yeah, but 1 yeah, to 10 those, doesn't give you as much. Those early, those early dungeon or those early floors are just, you know, you don't you don't even have to pay attention. Yeah, blink of an eye and they're done. Floor 41 and up gets a bit harder. Even even floor 30 was a little bit like that 30 to 40 run got a little spooky. Yeah. Yeah, I like that's like where I start my, my party, two of the people in my party that time, they were a little underleveled and it really started to get hairy. Okay. What I did like is you were mentioning the the RNG and like how the dungeons do feel different. Right. I was kind of eh on it until I was like on floor 32 and I came into this room that was just stacked 
with enemies. Okay. That's like, when you use the chickens. Yes, but like from <laughs> wall to wall, there was enemies like, wow, that actually is like really heavy RNG. Like they, they dropped this many enemies into one room. Okay. Like we had enemies climbing on each other. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there, we had one or two rooms that had like, I want to say like 10 mobs in one room. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Uh, but we uh, just ran in, pulled them all, turned them all into chickens. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. And on Discord, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We're going to take a call now from Zero Ashen Zari of Midgar Somer. What's up, Zero? Zero. Oh. Yeah, you've got to connect them. I've actually got to call them, don't I? Yeah, you've actually got to connect that call (laughs) so that when I go, Zero, Zero, are you there? And I pot him up that Zero, he's actually there? there. Zero, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, what's up? Okay, so sorry, Escalia Nika, for screwing with your mind so early in the morning. What'd you do to my mind? Who do you think was Zero that sent you that little page or that little uh, donation? I don't know. But put that away. Don't screw me. <laughs> I don't want to see. Th- oh, that was the creepy laugh. Oh my god, I'm scared. So. The two games that I see for the Deep Dungeon that are, I can see the influences coming from it is Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup and Faster Than Light FTL. When okay. To, with Faster Than Light FTL, it's a roguelike. You're doing spaceship stuff. But if you find a certain one of the spaceships, you get to keep that spaceship and use it for your next run. If you fail, well, you start over. And it's a roguelike because no two runs are ever going to be the same. Okay. With what Nika mentioned earlier about seeing... The, uh, the warriors or the previous people from other content, that's reminding me of Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. And when you die in Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup on your character, you have to deal with the ghost that wanders the halls. Okay, so it sort of like leaves... Like, if you if you think of it sort of like Dark Souls, it, it leaves like a blood stain, except the blood stain like... Except the bloodstain... Uh, I don't know whose messenger that is. That needs to go off. Uh, except the bloodstain then attacks you instead of just showing you how that person died. Yeah, and not only that, think if you're going to use uh, Dark Souls for this example as well, that character's there waiting for you to come back, and you have to start all anew. Okay, That's what it was so, in Stone Soup. Sorry. So how is that, like... Those games, as opposed to something like what we have here with uh, Deep Dungeon, how do, like what's the replayability on those like? I think with more characters that we're going to see, because you might want to put some tinfoil hats on, because we might go into some scary territory. We've had a couple of people die in the main storyline, and there's a possibility in the Deep Dungeon, if we're seeing that from the class perspective, we could be facing off with their ghosts in the Deep I Dungeon. Mean, maybe, but my vision of what I think Deep Dungeon is in terms of lore is kind of like that purgatory where people go when they have unfinished business. And I feel like that someone like Iceheart who died defending, you know, what we were fighting for, I don't feel like that's quite unfinished as, you know, someone who got lost and died on their way to do something in a... You know, I just feel like it's a little bit different. I, I agree. It does feel like it would be the people who died kind of abruptly. Like, if it was anyone from the main story, it would be like Moon Burita, who just got cut down in the process maybe but she no but she knew she sacrificed herself it wasn't like she just got backstabbed or something i don't know i don't i don't feel like any of the characters that have died the main characters have unfinished business Uh, i don't know about that i i mean i think that this is the perfect vehicle to 
you know, if we were going to see, see, you know, uh, hearts and farts or you sail like this is going to be the way that they're going to do it. You know our our little head I mean, maybe, our little I'm gonna no cry. our little head cannon of like oh well hearts and farts is going to come back as Ixian it's that's never going to happen I even still though like that idea. I still love that idea it's a great idea because don't get me be wrong his fault. it wouldn't be because he had unfinished business stuck in a purgatory it'd be because the people wished him back and screwed him up right his family missed him too much right yeah, yeah no I, I and I get that and I think that it's it's a better way to do it but. You know, I I think that this is where we're this is where we're gonna go to see old characters. I would love to see some of the old Garleans we've defeated show up down there. Oh, like a like, nail, like nail, yeah, like yeah. Uh, Olivia. Olivia, Olivia would be great. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I to even being there. to even see them show up as bosses might be cool. I mean, can you imagine having to do basically T nine? Like at you know floor hundred nineteen, floor ninety, you know, like that'd be sweet. Wouldn't Are that be great? Me? That would be awesome. Oh, my and God. I think that that would be a way to push the player base, and it's sort of testing them because it, you know, hey, if you never, if you never did, uh, if you never did this fight the first go round, you might be a little bit lost for this one, and you don't even have to rewrite that many mechanics. No, uh, I mean it, it's basically copy and pasting the mechanics from uh, from T nine. Oh my God, you're getting me excited, man! You're getting me get that <laughs> you're feeling really going on here. Up for something that's probably not going to happen. So. I know, man. How cool would that <laughs> but be? But I think that would be cool. Like, I mean, there's definitely really cool stuff that they could do with this, and they've said that they want the higher tier floors, your fifty to one hundred, and especially your one hundred to two hundred, right. to be a steep challenge. And if they're gonna do that, I mean. You know, and and Square Enix, not not to say that they're into cutting corners, but they are kind of into cutting corners when it comes to their content, and it, just an easy copy paste mechanic fight would I, I I could see them doing that. I could definitely see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, they said that fifty to one hundred is going to have story, so I can't see that being too hard because they'd want most people to be able to experience the story. But one hundred to two hundred, they said will exist completely just for the challenge, and yeah. so I could see them throwing in some old. Old friends of ours. Uh, I can I can see like a whole gauntlet of them. Just like maybe like one hundred to one fifty is just a gauntlet of like the famous boss fights. How cool would it be to see like the reincarnated final fight with Gaius from one point oh? Oh, that oh, I would that, rather see or that. Was, was it Gaius or Nail in one point oh? It was it, no, it was uh, it was the Nail fight. Nail. Um, but you know what? That would be cool. Although I don't think that it would translate. No. No, I never got to experience that fight. I mean, so you're I like standing on mountains, casting at meteors and stuff. So yeah, not- I mean, oh. they they definitely would have to adjust it for 2.0, but I think that would be cool. I definitely think that would be cool. Or maybe if you do a nail a, a nail like fight that has. I mean, I don't think it has to use the same mechanics specifically. I think right. even just fighting the same NPC in a similar set, like a similar to, type of fight. It doesn't have to be the same. Use use two thirds of the mechanics that you used in the nail fight, right? So it tunes it down just a little bit so that the clubs can get through, and then have what you're fighting be the character model for nail, not in T nine, just nail normal in the armor. Yeah, yeah. because it w- yeah, I feel like when nail gets killed, it wouldn't be like the tempered version of him. It right, would be like right. his original yeah. form. Yeah, yeah. and you're, like, you make a good point, Nika. They'd have to cut some of the mechanics out that require you to have eight people. Yeah. Going yeah. down to four. Right. But that would, seriously, like, SE, that's something that should be easy to do. Right. 
Yeah. But, I mean, on top of that, I do want to see new stuff as well. Yes. I want to see new fights, new mechanics. And, you know, I don't think we saw any of that with one to, uh, Floors 1 to 50. You know, most of the boss fights are pretty self-explanatory. They're not terribly difficult, not terribly challenging. Uh, Nika, how many... How many times did you wipe on, let's say, the final boss for Deep Dungeon? None. None. The only time we ever wiped was on floor 46 once. And what was that, too? Um, A bunch. Okay, so there was like, we were fighting like three of those. There was a couple new um, monsters in Deep Dungeon. There were the Wraiths. Yeah. And there were these guys with like coffins on their arms. Like, (laughs) they're weird. They're weird. They are mimics also. Mm -hmm. Um, Mimics were were kind of cool. I actually like them. Um, But we died. We had like three or four wraiths on us and those cast terror and if you don't stun it you get frozen and then they we had like a couple of the different because there are a bunch of monsters that will patrol the halls and go from room to room and not stay in one room right so other than the wraiths we had a couple of other guys on us and then we hit a lure trap which spawned three more monsters Ah, and so we just had way too many monsters on us at once and we couldn't keep up and we died so that brings me to my favorite thing about deep dungeon if your party wipes that's it you're done oh you're done the end you don't go back to the beginning of that floor you go back to wherever you started and i'm actually really bummed because we had gotten more weapon and armor upgrades the last time you lose the weapon armor upgrades then we got this time around yeah we only got like one each because they all blew up on us i I mean that that means that death is serving as a real mechanic i can uh i can appreciate that i can too like it's nice to see like that's one of the things that's kind of a bummer about any kind of dungeon here where you know you wipe you get back up after your last checkpoint and you go again. Right. It is so kind of refreshing to be worried about dying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So now I want to talk about the system itself because, you know, uh, leading up into the system's introduction, you know, and hearing about it in the abstract, we sort of picked up on a lot of Nizul Isle, a lot of uh, Salvage. Did it did it live up to that pedigree? Mm, um, I honestly feel like it has it has the core, the basic core structure, but it's missing something. Like I don't right. have as much fun in this as I did in Nizel Isle, and now, I don't know what it's missing exactly. Now, can I can I point out a a, a, tr- a bit of a troubling trend sure. that that is exactly what we said about Diadem. That diadem, like, okay, yeah, it's all right, but there's something missing. There's something more that that system needs. And I feel like if we're already, after five days of Deep Dungeon, able to point that out and able to identify that, that there's a long-term problem that this content needs to address. I mean, it does feel, even just my one time doing it, it feels very transitory i just feel like it's because there's not long-term rewards it's one of those things where it's like once you get the mount and the weapon it's like who really wants to do it again yeah whereas with nice i feel like there were so many tiers of rewards and point systems and stuff that i was busy for the next you know half a year trying to get all that which is which is why i was saying that they should have attached gear to it and that that there should have been a gear set for one to fifty 50 to 100, and then at 50 intervals, you know, like I, they were able to make that kind of loot distribution work in 11 with a very similar system. And I don't understand why they just simply ignored the gear here. And what's frustrating is that, you know, that the next update that we get, we're going to have 
you know, two new gear sets that drop out of fucking dungeons that may look awesome, but are fucking, you know, like people will grind dungeons to get that shit. But why do we want them grinding dungeons to get that? They have to grind dungeons anyway for tomes. Right. That's an it's an added incentive for dungeons that I've never really understood. I mean, when when all we had to do was dungeons and 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 raids, that kind of made sense. But with systems like Diadem and with systems like Deep Dungeon, if they put the proper incentive there and it doesn't even need to be relevant, fuck, it could be glamour gear. But keep people plugged into the shit. Just not putting it in there doesn't get it you know like what does that do what does that accomplish there the system could have handled it the system could have handled having some kind of loot output and still have it be fair you like kind of just blew my mind actually i love the idea of gear being stripped out of like the regular dungeons yeah or at least the, the the that tier of gear and putting it into something like deep dungeon instead deep right, dungeon and diadem like yeah. let's let's yeah the, that's the, way better the structured incentive for dungeons has always been the tomes that you get right, out of no it. one goes in there for the gear the, yeah the gear you you're literally just rolling on it and throwing it out that's yeah. it i'm, I'm or turning it in yeah if it looks cool, like I'm, I'm, I've been using some of the dungeon body pieces and stuff that look cool. Right, but if it looks like, what would you rather do? Okay, what would you rather have the incentive for a grind attached to? Would you rather have it attached to doing dungeons over and over again for a piece of gear where you may be capped on tomes, you may be done with doing tomes, you may be done with your anima. But you still want that body piece and you're locked into grinding the vault or you're locked into grinding, you know, great Google library over and over again. Why? Why? When you have underserved content that people are wondering why they're continuing to do after a week, why would you not take the shit and just divert it over to your other Events. Yeah, I think it would be cool if every boss, every ten floors, there was a ran, like a super RNG chest that even maybe didn't even always drop gear. I think would be kind of cool. It'd be right. a reason to go back and do the bosses again. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be glowy gear or you know super like awesome looking gear. The stuff that they put into dungeons would have been Actually, enough. This would have been a perfect way for a horizontal progression as well. Like think of what's well, eye level is in Weeping City two thirty. What if they just put other two thirty gear into chests in or deep dungeons? Two thirty five. Have it match the weapon and have it be a mid step between uh you know between two thirty and upgrading to your two forty piece. Because oh, all you're man. all you're having to do is do Weeping City and Macaque to get that done anyway. So it doesn't make sense to me why they would go through all of the all of the trouble introducing a system like this and then not properly incentivizing it. They did the exact same thing with Diadem. My I I looked at Deep Dungeon and the only thing that I felt like was missing out of until now when now I want oh yeah, shoot, I want gear out of there now. Uh the thing that I felt was missing was other objectives. That's what I was really hoping for was more than just wipe the floor or kill most of the enemies on the floor. To get to pop. Much, much like, you know, maybe Nizul Isle, yeah. like even like Nizul Isle, it had, I can think five objectives, I believe, but like something like sometimes, Oh, there's a notorious monster. That you have to wipe to get out of the, get onto the next floor or light the lamps or right. just kill all of a certain family or something like that. Right. But like what really, like I think they did a good job with having like the penalties and the bonuses on the different sure. floor. Yeah. 
But I was hoping for something a little bit more steep, I guess. I want something like five minutes off your time. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that would be like, that would put the rush on. And and again, if, if all you need to do is look to cues from Nizul Isle. Yeah. Because Nizul Isle did a lot of this very well and did it very appropriately. There was gear at every boss. Uh, or the chance for gear yep. at every boss. Uh, there was, you know, like it felt like you were actually getting stuff out of it more than just working towards this glowy weapon. Yeah, and and I think that that I I really do think that that is a uh, underutilized portion of the system. And Nick is absolutely right. This would have been a perfect time for horizontal progression. We got none of that. And I think that the system overall, if if their approach is going to be okay, well, you know, one to fifty, you get a weapon. Fifty to a hundred, you're going to get a headpiece. Uh, 100 to 150, you're gonna get a body, uh, you know, and and the the last you're gonna get light or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you'd be it, completely glowy. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I think that that is I, I if that's what their intention is, I think that that is the absolute wrong way to go about incentivizing your content. There needs to be more output out of this stuff. They need I, to quit being so so stingy. With armor and armor design. And now that Escalier brought it up and people are saying it in the chat, that is what's missing is the fact that when you find the teleporter to the next floor, literally every floor, the way that you activate it is by just killing enough mobs. Yeah. And I think that if, I mean, yeah, sure, but make it a thing where you can kill every mob, sure. But like like you said, maybe you have to kill every mob of a certain family that's that spawned to unlock it to the next floor. I just feel like and that doesn't that and doesn't that so make because there are some rooms especially in the higher floors that we just when once you hit like 58 you're like I'm not going to kill the room with nothing in it but what if right. there's a, a monster in that family that you have to go kill like it makes it a little bit trickier and I think that would have been a lot more fun yeah yeah, yeah. and and it's and it's frustrating to me that if we can sit here and identify this on a podcast what is Square Enix not seeing you know what I mean what is Square Enix and the development team not seeing that we are, that the community is, that the community is identifying, that they're not satisfied with? And how many different ways can we articulate that for Square Enix to, to get the fucking message? I, the system is good. You need to put shit in your system to make people do it over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And not feel like they're doing it as a favor for a friend or that they're not getting anything out of it. They need to get more out of it than lore and experience, period. Well, and that's where I felt like Deep Dungeon was better than Diadem. When we sat down and identified the problems of Diadem, the things that we talked about to fix it would have required an overhaul of the system. Yes. Deep Dungeon, on its whole, is fairly solid. It needs tweaks. Yes. Every, well, everything we said could be implemented from 51 to 100, and I'll be fine. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> but no, they have to actually realize this and take steps to fix well, it. And there's nothing that we've identified so far that would require massive changes to no. the Deep Dungeon system. No, They're all fairly simple. So. No, I, I, I don't think so at all. Uh, and again, what they what they have here so far is pretty okay, but it could be better. Yeah, it could be a lot better. Um, let's talk about the aesthetic because one of yeah. the one of the interesting things about this system is that the aesthetic changes uh, as you get between you know as you increase ten floor intervals. 
the textures and the you know the uh, assets that the game loads are completely different, and there's randomized aspects, including right down to the music. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. Lost City of Amadipur, and I was like, oh god. I, I was. <laughs> furious when I entered that dungeon because I went in on floor one and it RNG'd my random music to the basic dungeon music. No, see, that's what ours was too. I feel like maybe one to ten is like that. No, because the next time I went through one to ten, it wasn't like that. Oh, okay. But the first time I got the basic dungeon music and I sat there like, they didn't even make new music for this? Those pieces of shit. I hate them. Because I, I, when I went in, I got, uh, on my one to ten, I think I got Gridania? It may have been Gridania at night or old Gridania, like like old 1.0 Gridania, because I was really surprised to hear the music. Right? I mean, are they? Can you get any music in yeah, here? Like, can we end up with the papaya, papaya? No, like, oh, that would be funny. I think you that can get would be any, hilarious. I think you can get any field or dungeon music. I haven't heard any city music yet. See, I don't know. Uh, you know, when we went into the blue crystal caves, the 11 to 20, yeah, we got snow cloak, and I felt like okay, that's fitting. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. Malkithera uh, saying in the chat that yeah, there is 1.0 music. That's there. cool. That is really cool. I, I like that aspect a lot. Uh, so uh, 21 to 30, you got the red crystal caves. Yep. Uh, then uh, 20 uh, or I'm sorry, 31 to 40, uh, it's uh, Tamtara Deepcroft looking crypts. Uh, so you know the 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 style changing up the deeper that you go. What do you guys hope to see beyond 50? Because, you know, we, of course, being attached to Tamtara, uh, you know, sort of being in that same area of uh, of Gridania, I think that's what we can sort of expect. But what are some, you know, what are some, uh, you know, what are some unexpected things that you would like to see that would be really interesting or add to the lore? Oh, I am want I, to see an well, am floor. I about- Am I allowed to kind of like spoil the last cutscene? I think. Does anyone care? I mean, I don't. I don't know if anyone in the cutscene, or I'm sorry, if anyone in the chat room cares. I, like, I might care if the first four cutscenes hadn't literally just been Etta standing behind me. I I, I also I, sort of feel like now, if you want to experience the very very last cutscene without any hint of what it's about, yeah. leave for like five to ten minutes. Yeah, spoiler yeah, warning. Yeah, spoiler warning. But but here's you know like my sort of my feeling is that if it wasn't a foregone conclusion that I would reach floor 50, I would have, I, I would be bothered by it. Like if I, if I felt that there was a steep challenge associated with getting to and beyond floor 50, I would say, hold it back. But being that there isn't and that I, it's sort and the of, it's not really that hard. Either. Right. I, I sort of feel like, yeah, you know, we can, we can probably go ahead and talk about that. So um, let's talk about the final cutscene then. Okay, so obviously, if you couldn't figure it out, the boss you fight on floor 50 is Edda. And that surprised me, actually, because I figured she would be like the floor 100 boss. Right. And I was like, okay. And so some people are like, man, it feels like a total conclusion. Like, what the heck are we doing here? But when you defeat her, she kind of becomes like kind of purified. And she's like, whoa, what's going on? How did I get here? And she says something about, I remember falling and I remember a man in a hooded cloak. What other men in hooded cloaks do we know? Oh, Asians. So I'm thinking that going forward, it's going to be more it's that direction. Hmm. Interesting. The Asians are in the deep croft. That's yeah. weird. I, I yeah. She says, I don't know how I got here. I just remember falling, and I remember someone in a hooded cloak, and then she kind of like disappears into the light. There could be 
more than one there's a lot of people with 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 hooded cloaks i mean right. i mean unless it's like uncle like high or whatever ukulele. no you but it wouldn't be no. him right so other so. other only thing i can think of would be assians hmm. maybe it's possible it seems weird or that it would be assians a little uh, lalafell guy that's like her friend but i don't think it would be him why would the assians be down in the deep croft that doesn't make any sense but- it makes it sound like that they're somehow in control. I mean, it is the dead. If it's the world between worlds, don't the Asians kind of live in that in-between realm anyway? Didn't they yeah, talk they about kind of have control over the life stream? Form, is that they were kind of like in between worlds and in between realms? So I feel like that maybe they just kind of have control of this purgatory and they say oh, somehow, I mean, she was like the perfect candidate to be like the ruler of these 50 floors. And so they just kind of stole her soul as she was trying to rest in peace. Well, wait, huh. which Asian have we actually slain? Lalha, Brea, and what's the face? They died to Thordan. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's one of them. Maybe now they're dead and they're hanging out in the deep croft. She, she was trying to figure out how she got there. And it made it sound like it was the Astian who brought her soul from the deep depths of Tamtara when she killed herself to this place. And I feel like if they were already dead and stuck in this place, would they have that kind of control? Maybe. I don't Asians know. Asians are weird. It, yeah, I, it's it's tough to tell. And also not knowing what their end game is overall sort of makes the uh, makes the whole thing a lot. You know, it, it puts the, the question out there, uh, you know, what, what their true motivations are. Um, we don't know. And we also don't know what's down there. You know, like, yeah, it, I get that this is the Palace of the Dead. What if? And that there are dead things that are spawning in there, dead people that are spawning in there. But what is the thing that we are working down towards? What if, what if Omega's down there? No. <laughs> beneath, that's, that's beneath Cartno, and I believe that that's going to be a MacGuffin that we rely on later. What is this MacGuffin that we're going after? What's the, what's the you know, like, forgive oh, me Penguin for... Oh, Penguinman says Yuriyanji wears a hood. What if he's some kind of... Ah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that. What if Yuriyanji's a MacGuffin? Because we know the Asians have been trying to ask Yuriyanji to do something with them. What if he's been kind of the the, the in between between the life of the living and the life of the afterlife? And we haven't seen mu- seen or heard much from him. Not so really, hardly at all. Did we it's see like him at we, all? We, we've seen. Yeah, we did see him, but he was just kind of our regular friend. Like yeah. we've seen him talk to Asians twice for a few seconds. Yeah, and they kind of. Have, you know, drifted Kinda, away from yeah, that. they yeah yeah they they've they've moved away. Reginald says Hades probably. Uh, I don't know. That's possible. We did see Hades make an appearance in FF11. Finally, yeah, uh, so it, that's that's more than possible. But I feel like you know usually we know what the MacGuffin is that we're going after. What was the? I, I see. I clicked through it really quick just to be able to get into the event. What is the reason for going in there in the first place? Do we? Do you guys remember? Did you guys, were you paying attention? Because I definitely wasn't. No. I I definitely read it, but I can't remember that it was anything more significant than just like, oh, we've just discovered this. No one should go in. Oh, but you're crazy enough to go in. Don't go in. It's scary. It's scary. Okay, I'll let you. You know, I don't feel like it was really anything more than that. Yeah, I felt like, hey, we got this ladder. You want to go check it out? Yeah, that's uh, okay. So we don't even really know what the end game is. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that uh, that that could end up going. If it's there is Hades, a cute I'd little cool quest. After. I mean, there's a cute little quest after where you wrap up Edda's story, though, yeah. which is really cute. But it has nothing to do specifically with deep dungeon. So I'm not. I don't know if like Edda had somehow like called us to the dungeon to help save her soul or something. Hmm. But it, it didn't say anything like that. 
So it would just be kind of a headcanon that's like, oh, somehow that we knew that she was there and she needed our help. Gotcha. I still but, say Edda's Deep Dungeon sounds like a porno. <laughs> Edda does Deep Dungeon. Uh, yeah, that it, it definitely does. does. It does. Let's go back to our phone lines and take a call from Woten Panzer. Woten, thanks for calling in. Hey, guys. What's up? So uh, thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. What you want to talk about? Uh, I just said a few comments in the Palace of the Dead. Um, now, how far are you? Uh, I've completed it five times. Okay, that's wow. a, that's a lot. And I still don't have a weapon. And Boom. you still don't have a weapon? Damn. Yeah. Damn. That, that floor 41 to 50 RNG is... Um, Pretty hard. It's something. It's something. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Is like I feel like the Deep Dungeon is just on the wrong side of being good just on, okay uh just on the wrong side so uh meaning that they got close to something good but didn't was just shy of it right is that what yeah, you mean okay yeah, exactly not a vermilion um, failure just a failure okay yeah right. like there's a few tweaks that they could have done to make it like really great and really fun and i think that those are going to be in the floor for uh 50 to 100 and onwards but this first cycle is just it's the only thing I've seen people go into having so much fun, and then by the time they get to floor 41 to 50, just hating life, and I think that's kind of a problem. Is that is that a difficulty curve? Is it an RNG curve? What's the curve that, think, that people are hitting? I think it's hitting? an RNG curve. Yeah. I also feel the, like it's a burnout. Yeah, it's, it's so definitely repetitive. a burnout, because the way the RNG works is you, you are forced to run it multiple times right. over and over and over again, and right. I understand the reason they did that, and it's because they want new players to be able to do it with uh, older players. And after floor fifty, where everybody's level sixty starting out, anyways, like nobody's going to touch one through fifty because right. you have to be level sixty to do it. So, well, and, I'm not really sure why they did that. And and, and I mean, uh, you know, again, it feels like it, it it would break up the monotony quite a bit. If you were getting additional rewards other than just working towards yep, taking your exactly. weapon out of the fucking thing. So, and I know that y'all commented, y'all, uh, Escalia, and you mm-hmm. kind of like the weapons. I, in fact, despise them. I am so disappointed. Like, one of the huge points for this game for me is that how detailed the, the gear and the weapons are. And a plastic Halloween weapon that has a glow stick inside of it is not my idea of a Yeah, good, I was a little disappointed. Weapon looking at them up close that they were literally just simple models that are just made of light instead it wasn't like a weapon with a glow on them yeah, but i still think it looks cool enough to want but it's dark down there so you can see better <laughs> we need flashlights apparently <laughs> it, it, that is a lame texture though i mean in in terms of because they were all designs that we had seen they were all models that had been used before in the game and then they just put this glow texture on them and you're right. I, I feel like that may have been a corner that they cut. And, uh, you know, I, I don't mind it. I think it looks all right. But I can see how how you would not like it, though. Yeah. Um, so I have this uh, sneaking suspicion that you're going to have to upgrade it. So if you're playing the, the deep dungeon on a main, you'll probably want to get that weapon because... I, it has it has that relic feel to it where you're gonna get that that 235 weapon and then when yeah. floors 50 to 100 and 100 to 200 come out they're gonna be like well you can only get a weapon if you've already gotten this one and you need to have it to be able to upgrade so right and mm. and and that's that's one of my concerns is that if it's really only just to continue upgrading the weapon that is not 
even half the incentive that people need to continue to do this. You know, it's a it, 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 we've identified it's all it can be a long system. It can be monotonous. It can be very boring. And it doesn't have the output of loot that really makes you feel like you're being rewarded. So, I, I mean, those are four really key areas that MMOs in general as a genre need to succeed in to continue to remain strong and relevant with their audience and it can it concerns me now that this is miss three of three for for heaven's word we had a miss we had the biggest misfire (laughs) with uh with verminion yeah we had a huge miss with Diadem, and now we've got a huge miss. But we no, we have a barely miss. That's getting slightly better. Like Verminion was the stupidest thing nobody asked for. Diadem was okay for like the first few days, and then it was horrible. And this is like almost there, so they're getting closer. I don't know. Yeah. I just I sort of feel like after a couple of days that it's gonna feel like Diadem, and nobody's gonna I mean, want to do it. I feel with burnout is that if you try to run floors one to fifty in a row, it feels repetitive and horrible. Like we ran one through thirty in a row and we're like oh my god this is so boring so then we took a break for a couple days came back and we ran uh 31 to 40 and felt okay and we're like you know what let's just do 41 to 50 and then we wiped and we're like okay you know all motivation was lost when we wiped we came back this morning did 41 to 50 and i was feeling okay like i wasn't burnt out it, it actually was fun the 41 to 50 we did today was fun but that's because i didn't just run 1 to 40 directly before it and i feel like if you pace yourself like that granted you're going to get everything a lot slower but the burnout's a lot less and you can actually have fun so I don't know. I, I kind of agree with that. I did one to thirty on my first day uh, playing it, and then one to twenty duoing it on my uh, alt, and I was super burned out because I'd done fifty floors between the two of them. But then last night I was like, like, oh no, I'm up for more deep dungeon. I'm good to go again. It does seem like something that you can't just go over and over at again. And the people that have run like three times in a row, I don't know how you do it. Like I would, yeah, super- yeah, that's nuts. I I couldn't do that. Uh, thank you, Woten, for the call. We appreciate it. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810 or I'm sorry, 810-515-8715, com slash Discord if you want to call in. Uh, we want to hear from you. Are you satisfied with Deep Dungeon? And, uh, do, uh, you know, what, what do you think could be added to make it even better. Let's talk about what the rewards actually are real quick. Of course, you we had mentioned the level 235 weapon, which has been polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It has to be uh, your, your weapon and armor have to be upgraded to plus 30 to be able to take it out of the zone. So uh, that's the, the first big requirement that uh, people are going to be looking at meeting. And then you've got two minions, one mount, and Warren Magic Materia 5. Which that again, you've got overlap with DM. I don't think we needed another system that that puts out materia. Actually, I, I think it's I don't know. I don't feel too bad about that because you can, if you really want to do this over and over and get multiple materia five in a day or a week. Whereas with Weeping City, you get one per week. Right. So well, I don't think it's that bad. I yeah, mean, but, it, but you have D- to run one to fifty or get really lucky from a bronze. Show. Okay. So, but if they're if they're adjusting DM. And and we're going to see, you know, they're going to try to funnel people back into DM. DM puts out materia, you know, so it's like every system that we have, like there's right, right now. They're, just, they're they're getting really uninspired with their rewards, I think. Yeah, I think. And that just comes as a consequence of what is valuable outside of gear. 
like the what is there outside of materia or gill mm. uh, people like mounts i like mounts well, I, yeah, I will there's do a, this there's until a I like sure um okay yeah a mount minions those are fine but i i just i still flabbergasted and floored that there's not gear actually i'm sad that the the minions have nothing to do with deep dungeon that actually bothers me. I don't know what the minions are. The minions are a wind-up Sasquatch, which is very cute, by okay. the way, but it has nothing to do with Deep Dungeon. Right. And then like a baby, uh, what's it? It's uh, the thing with one eye, a, hect- a blob thing. I don't an know. Armin? It's, it, uh, no, it's not an Armin. It's a little, it's a Hectize or something. No, it's not. I don't know. It has like one, I don't know. Someone in the chat will know. But it's, it's cute, but it, there's none of those in Deep Dungeon either. Um, and I just feel like something like a wind-up Edda would have been so much better, but it has nothing to do with deep dungeon so that's just not it's nice but that doesn't feel like a huge tangible reward to me it's not yeah it's not and and again i really do feel like eyeball slime that's what it is yeah Ah. but glamour is glamour is you know and and i think that in a lot of ways more people are driven by glamour than sometimes are driven by stats because we all know you know if you get left behind in terms of gear or stats that it's just you just got to wait the duration of a patch and you'll be able to get back into the game right glamour is something that is a little bit more long-term takes a little bit more investment takes a little bit more time takes a little bit more planning as well especially some of these you know pieces of gear in dungeons that nobody runs so you know it seems almost like they could have used this as a way to have multiple outputs of of pieces of gear and have that even be more defendable than just four rewards? Four? Really? Okay, so you're not even going to give me a shot at, like, some... You could, you could randomize the fucking, um, uh, you know, the, the dungeon gear that dropped out of there. Yeah. Anything. God, anything. Well, even even from, like, the minion perspective, you're going to put a minion in there? Like, take the Aquapolis route and make it a random minion. Right. That's something that Aquapolis did well. Exactly. I yeah. think everything I mean, else is RNG least, in there. Why have At least minions? there is a random chance from the bronze chest to get a pot shirt. Because right now, yeah. you only get a pot shirt when you clear floor 50. So either you have to run it 10 times to get them out, or you can get lucky. Like, I actually got lucky today, and I got one from the chest. So now I have two, and I have to do it less times, which is kind of cool. But well, Nika, let me tell you about my chest. I've got max potions Can you not? for days. Can you not? Oh, yeah. We got a ton Oof. of max potions today. The whole the chat la- wants to hear about my chest. The Thank last you. thing I want to hear is about a scholar's chest. Well, people <laughs> donate for it all the time. Yeah. Well, you're not wrong. Uh, let's go back to our phone lines. We've got a call from Arthur's here. What's going on, Arthur's? Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio, bud. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, good to hear from you. Yeah, and nah, I'm just hearing a lot, of, uh, a lot of like negativity from Deep Dungeon. Well, I think yeah. I, I, I don't think that it lived up to the hype. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. But I mean, look, 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 just look at you know how it was uh, introduced. Like for the first fifty floor, I mean, Yoshida said that you know only for like the forty to fifty, we will actually start to see like you know it's it's cater more for more for level 60 at 40 to 50 so i mean for 1 to 40 i mean we all we, we, we all will agree like you know it is too, too it might be too easy it might be too linear but i mean if for those people who have done enough 40 to 50 you know i mean in the format i mean if you are running like say a farming group obviously it's not gonna hold much of a challenge but let's say if you were to solo it or if you were to say like you know uh, duty finder it sometimes you don't even get a healer sometimes you have like four tanks sometimes you have like four squishies you know some people roll like i mean four those squishy. low levels yeah squishies like you know like some people roll like archer 
right. answer. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that can be really challenging even when they are like, you know, level 50. Usually when you get to uh, floor 41, you should be about maybe 45 to, you know, no, maybe maybe 50, level maybe level 50 to 60. It can be really challenging. And if you were to encounter like some of the stuff like you guys say, you know, some RNG, some really bad RNG. Oh my God, there's so much bad RNG that I've seen. Yo, yesterday when I went into Deep Dungeon, on the first, uh, on the first floor 41, we opened a Mimic. We, our people is like still typing hi hi by the time we finish typing our greetings uh, all four of us were dead within 30 seconds four of us were dead man <laughs> and then we were like what the fuck is this but at the same time this is so awesome you know when it, it ran to my mind it's like oh my god Mimic making a return you know back in the Final Fantasy days when you open a Mimic you know you fucked right right but we yeah, did have that factor yeah, sort, it's sort of, like, in, sort of like Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're screwed. You know, when I opened that chat, we, we are still typing in Japanese. You know, Shiku, by the time we I type finish, we are 2% dead already. And I was like, what the fuck is killing us? Oh, oh my God, no. a mimic. And then we duty failed. We went out. I was laughing so badly. But at the same time, I think that is so awesome. You know, all this RNG factor coming in. Like, you, you know, you can say like raiding is, um, you know, End game. You, we know we when we talk about Final Fantasy, we keep talking about end game. But when you when you talk about deep dungeon, you are looking at something different. We know that deep dungeon is going to be very heavily reliant on RNG. Be it being easy. I mean, even if you so you like if you solo, you also um, have to um, you know if you want to uh, challenge solo, you also have to rely a lot on RNG on everything right. on uh, what floor you get mobs. Yeah. Well, but I, I but I don't think that that's the the chief complaint here. I think the chief complaint is that not that it's easy. I think that we kind of expected the first 50 floors to not hold much of a challenge. What I think is frustrating is that you know, when you ask the entire community why? Why do it again after you've done floor 50 once, after you've gotten, you know, your your weapon that you can take out? Why go back in? And, and if the answer is to just help other people, that's not going to be enough to get the job done to keep the event relevant. I understand that it's like that that's like a nice thing to do. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with the sentiment of doing nice things for people and wanting to help your friends. But we know we've learned we've seen again and again that when content is not properly incentivized or not incentivized at all that it becomes barren. I think they're yeah, thinking I, that the material is going to be that incentive, though, because every time you clear it, you get a pot shard, which you can get a level 5 material, which, especially for newer players, is a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, like, like if you look at the rewards, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. Um, as much as I'm saying, like, you know, it, it's fun, but I do agree with you, like, the, the reward is really shitty. But also, I mean, this is what I want to touch on next as well. Like, like I said earlier, you know, first four, first 40 floor, they were talking about, yeah, it's just for you to, you know, orientate yourself, get to feel the dungeon. Only when we get to 40 to 50, you start to see a little bit of difficulty. So if you're looking yeah. at this installment, we only got 50 floors and only 40 to 50 is actually the first tier that is catered to level 60. Then, I mean, obviously we can't expect really good reward. I mean, let, let's be really honest, getting a 2-3-5 weapon from it. But of course, subject to RNG, I think it's pretty generous already. But it, it, I, I agree, man, it absolutely does nothing to like most of us who wants to play content at a higher level. I do right. agree with that. And, and, but, and, and, putting, and putting gear drops in there at boss floor intervals would have done something really important. It would have made people seek out 
rando groups instead of having you know you you i i do like that they have the the you know save data so that if you want to have a static for this you can have a static for this but it would have seriously incentivized people continuing to run them in randos if they were getting gear at boss floor intervals as well it just seems like if you're starting over from level one that it's just like Uh, i don't want to fucking do that and it shouldn't be like that every new and 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 it definitely shouldn't be like that six days out of a release of a new system six days removed from diadem i was still like there's shit that i want out of diadem because it was randomized. There was it wasn't it wasn't a foregone conclusion of what I was going to be taking out when I walked in. This is a foregone conclusion. I know exactly what I'm going to be walking out with. I know exactly what I'm working to get. And what's frustrating is is that that reward if it doesn't register on your radar provides you no reason to go in and yeah. do it. But I mean, it's only 50. Like, we are expecting, I mean, I'm not sure when. We're expecting like 60 to 200. But if you look at it, you know, when you get to 40 to 50, you start to see that the map starts to extend. You start to see that mobs start to be difficult. You start to see that RNG actually is very important. You know, sometimes you are like, oh, look, it's a silver chest. Before you get to a silver chest, you eat a landmine and then you open the silver chest. It's another landmine. Then it's like suddenly everybody's dead, you know? you know. So when we yeah, get, we let's say, that. I mean, right. Yeah, like, you, you see, right now we're only seeing a glimpse. Just one tier for level 60. So maybe the reward is not good, but let's just say when we get to 60 to, 100, to 200, that is like 15 tiers, we can see that map getting bigger. We can see that there's overwhelming mobs. We can see worse RNG. We can even see, like, more enchantment. Like, like what we have is sometimes you get ability disabled. And then if you don't have one punch man, like, you know, the... The, the promenter, you know, the rage with the manticore that one punch everything, then you kind of, yeah. it, it, it kind of get difficult. But also including like what I said earlier, you know, when we get to 60 to 200, we see more flaws, we see more rooms, we see more RNG, we see difficulty. Then maybe during that time, maybe I'm hoping that they will add more rewards well, at that point. I like right now, I don't really expect much. And right now looking at the system, I'll just give it like, you know, maybe a 7, 6.5 out of 10. I think the system overall is good, but I think we also should be a little bit patient, you know, hoping that the next tier will be good. Diadem, on the other hand, works differently. Diadem is like, yo, everybody, nine parties go in, zerk shit. You get the best gear, best in slot, subject to RNG. It, it kind of make it like, okay, after this tier, what's next? And then you sh- and, and then Square Enix thinks that you know you okay Diadem immediately give us too good of a gear to a point where if you are not doing this then you shouldn't not be doing this you know so right. now they looking you know looking for the balance maybe right now it's an introduction they don't put in too much shit but I'm hoping that when we get to sixty to two hundred when we start seeing really crazy shit I'm totally expecting things like yo you guys you know what sixty minutes. Floor 150, we have to freaking clear like 15 rooms. That's not going to happen. We might have to abandon, you know, maybe there's treasure in each room, each room, but because of time constraint, we might have to sacrifice this. We might have to do yep. lesser. We might just have to go on, you know. We will start seeing more, more stuff that will push the player, like really getting really good. Uh, I coordination hope so. really you well. are very optimistic. Yeah, well, yeah I'm just hoping. You I'm make, just hoping right now. <laughs> you make a good point on the difficulty. Uh, like talking about the way Nico was doing it, I'm sure it was with most of your raid group. Yes. Uh, 
going in as a pug was a very different experience for me. My 30 to 40 run was three lancers and an ar- or three dragoons and an archer. Not three dragoons and a bard. Three dragoons and an archer. Jeez. That was my group for 30 to 40. Wow. Because they were probably archer? like level Yeah, they were probably like level 20 and no, they just no, came in. No, 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 no. But what a lot of people are doing is they're taking their job crystals off so they can put on their cross class abilities. Oh. Which is smart. It is smart. I hadn't even thought about it until that point. I mean, it does bring a new meta narrative into the into the game, which I appreciate. Um, that it, I'm not saying that you know there's no redeeming qualities to the system. Correct. I, it's just it's a question of incentive, mm-hmm. and this seems to be an issue that keeps coming up uh, again and again and again with Square Enix, where they'll put in something that on its face looks really really good. But when you get into it is just not it's either not worth the grind that it's asking of you or, you know, and and this is, I think, even worse that it doesn't engage from the beginning. And that's my concern is that, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen now three pieces of content that have really struggled to get off the ground in you know, in the first place, in the first week of it being out and with how much expectation was put on Deep Dungeon, whether fairly or not, you know, this was this is like a kind of like you don't want to fuck this up. You know, like if if you're square, if I'm Square Enix, I'm paying very close attention, or at least I should be to the feedback like this, the feedback that you know, either the official forums or Reddit would put forward, you know, uh, this is this is where fan feedback is really going to become important because, you know, I, I feel like if we're able to identify these problems, Square Enix should be able to identify these problems. And I'm confused why they're not uh, or, or why why they seem, uh, you know, completely, uh, you know, uh, OK, not addressing it. You know what I mean? Especially because, like, and I understand what Arthur says, but that they shouldn't give us too good of stuff too quickly. And this is only 1 to 50. I get that. But the thing is, is why not make, like, the gear that comes from 1 to 10 just look really cool and be really good if you're level 10? And then the gear that comes from 11 yeah. to 20 look really cool and be really good for a level 20. Yes. So that way, it's good for yeah. the newer players who get it, and they can take that gear out. And if an older player gets it, it's cool glamour. Yes. I think that way it benefits both people. And that way, it's not too good of a gear too quickly unless you're, like, level 20. Totally so agree. I feel like there's yeah, nothing, no harm to something like that and yet they still completely missed over that yeah and 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 nika brings up a great point it doesn't have to be super relevant you know what i mean like this is this is a thing where you know you can um you know as as nika said you can make the gear relevant to the the job level that it's associated with or the floor level that it's associated with and yeah like she said make it really good glamour straight up just good solid glamour um, you know, if you if you have and I understand that that's a lot. Of, I also understand that that's a lot of work on the dev side that, you know, balancing a piece of gear might be from a development standpoint far easier than designing, texturing and implementing a new piece of gear. I understand oh, that. Man. I understand. Yo, man, like you were like you were talking about the development standpoint. Yeah, that makes me worry. Like as much as I say earlier, you know, I'm hoping that it will be good. And like what you say as well, you know. All these, all these tiny little development team, uh, de- development stuffs can make so much a difference. Yeah, like glamour or not. Like I- I'm worried as well. Like you know, 
right now, okay, like the Diadem and the Deep Dungeon, like right now it's released already. We can say that, okay, this is just the first tier. You know, let's hope that they can make it better. Like they're right. already coming up with Diadem. Right. I'm not sure what is gonna ha- uh, when it's gonna happen. And then they say that this uh, 60 to 200 is gonna happen. I'm not sure when it's gonna happen. And on top of that, like I was hoping, and then there is 4.0 coming up. I'm really like now I'm really scared and curious. Like, will Square Enix actually, as much as I say I want it to happen, will Square Enix actually have time to say touch up on Diadem, make it better, touch up on uh, this uh, deep dungeon, make it what they wanted? Two hundred. Because yeah, now and I wonder the if they're just being lazy. I'm so worried, man. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Now, I'm so because, worried. But like, you talk about balancing and creating gear. I don't know. I feel like look at the level twenty dungeon gear, which is very good for that level anyway, and just balance something very similar and maybe give it one or two extra little stat points so that way it's a little bit better. I don't feel like it's that hard to balance. Well, but. and and I feel I also feel like Square Enix has worked themselves into a difficult corner with their gear design specifically because uh, the tactic that a lot of MMOs would take for a long time is to simply recolor another piece of gear and have that be a new piece. Right. That's not an option here because we've got the die system and you know, because of that, I think we see less gear implemented into the game. But as a result of that, I'll, I'll defend Square Enix a little bit on this point. I think that when we do see new gear, that it is we- like really well designed. It is, it, you know, the the last round of dungeon gear that they put in was really cool. Oh my gosh, it's super, especially the healer gear. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love it. And and it makes me wonder why. That's being wasted on dungeons. It's a foregone yes. conclusion that we're going to be grinding dungeons anyway. We know that when we get on, what you know, what's on our list of things to do? Roulettes, and you know, possibly, uh, you know, your your, uh, uh, your alliance, your yeah, your alliance raid. Yep. Um, you know that those you're going to do those every day regardless right and it seems ridiculous to have a system like this that is primed and ready for uh, additional incentives like gear to to not divert one from the other and i don't know who would be who would be mad if they did that who honestly would be mad who would be upset other than providing ways for people who are leveling to get gear all of the shit that six that sits at the 60s why would someone be pissed about that i don't i feel like nobody would because honestly as cool as that glamour is i don't think too many people are grinding for the glamour i think they grind for the tomes and then just hope to get the glamour along the way here's that's it i have never gone into a dungeon once thinking man i I hope i get the gear out of here i really really want (laughs) that um healer body piece but i'm not going to just grind for it because i need the tomes so i'll i'll wait until you know it's the next week so i need the tomes again and eventually i'll get it but if they put it into something like Doom Dungeon, I think that would be a much better place for it. Here's a suggestion. Why don't we take the random ethereal gear that dropped out of Diadem and put that same level of RNG on both the glamour and the stats on dungeon gear so that you have to pay attention to the shit that's dropping out of the dungeon because, hey, that might be halfway usable. And then we take the sets from dungeons, we put that into deep dungeon. So it funnels people into doing deep dungeon that want that glamour. And then when we look back at Diadem and they readjust Diadem, they figure something else out there. They either introduce a new set, a horizontal progression set, like we have been 
begging for I don't know how many patches we've been sitting here saying give us some more options in terms of relevant gear since like 2.4 right and then and then implement those with the new DM changes I think I think that that would be a good way to structure your gear so that people are actually paying attention to what they get well how about this you get we've talked about wanting to have armor that drops out of there you get an armor slot in there that you can put a piece of dropped gear that you get out of there into that armor slot and then when you get it to plus 10 you can take it out there hey that's a great idea you have to, it combines both systems it, yeah it uses the system that it's attached to i mean that's a that's a fantastic idea and i don't understand why square enix seems to want you know they they seem to think that just cutting the corners and doing the bare minimum is the way to do that i always feel like essie is trying to be the smartest guy in the room mm-hmm. like they're trying to like like we're taking this counter stance to it and this is the better way and we're going to show you why and it's just like well or you could just do what everyone wants right yeah it's frustrating well, i wonder if the reason would be well why would random gear chest fit into the lore oh i hope not because if you think about it, really, why would there be random chests in a deep dungeon? But you could understand why there could be a random pot shard. But why would there be <laughs> random chests in any dungeon? Yeah. I, why does yeah, the right Google Library like, have treasure chests? I mean, that's a good question. I have no idea. I was yeah. just trying to think of an excuse, but yeah. there really I, I don't one. think there's a good one. I, I, <laughs> I simply don't think that there's a good one. And, and you know, and again, as, as Arthur's was pointing out, it's not a problem of the system. I think the system is pretty well designed. I think that the difficulty curve, uh, 1 to 50, is fine. Yeah, That's, and I also think I really like the system with the um, the pomanders and like having it use yes. just a little bit of strategy to decide like, oh, when am I going to pull and use this transformation thing? When am I going to use the uh, treasure trap bonuses? When am I going to use the strength ups? Like there's a lot of strategy. And that they carry over too, you know, like that's... Yeah. It's really, I think that that was really well designed and it has all the makings of a great system, but like they were saying, it's just slightly on the other end of good. Like it's just... Things that little oomph. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Arthur's, thanks for the call. We really appreciate it. Make sure you check him out, twitch.tv slash Arthur's. Thanks for calling in, man. Hey, He's uh, already, oh, sorry. Oh, bring, bring it down. Oh, bring it down. okay. I've already moved on to the next caller. We have a lot of callers. Oh, okay. We, or we have had a lot of callers. Wow. Okay. So I've just been moving it along. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Arthur's. We appreciate it. Shout out to you. Again, twitch.tv slash Arthur's. Uh, so let's go to our next caller. We've got Ryuichi hanging on the line. What's up, Ryuichi? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm going to get a tattoo later today. Okay. But yeah. Um, Is it of a Nero? Hell no. Oh. <laughs> and like that, you've lost me. Eh, whatever. So a couple things I want to kind of talk about is that, um, you know, experience of deep dungeons and uh, my thoughts on it. Okay. Of course. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with most people. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, a near miss on things. Um, uh, maybe a bit too easy, a little bit too easier than, uh, you know, what they said. They were, it was going to be... Are you doing it in a preformed group or a pre-pug? Uh, I've been pugging all of it. Okay. Even when, like, parties with, like, uh, like, um, like, all, he- like, all, either all DPS or no healers, we've always found a way to circum, to kind of strategize our, uh, our, run- our, uh, our, You've actually had people talk to you in these things? We just keep blitzing right through. Yeah. Well, like, 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 especially, like, we, I had a, a run where, uh, we hit 450, and uh, what is it? Uh, we uh, had no healer, so they're like, all right. We had to, you know, discuss, you know, some things over what we need to do, and whatnot. So like, hey, does anyone have this potion? All right, cool. 
and you know i was on black mage and i had to use i was ganking a lot of hate so i had to use stuff like mana wall or uh mana war to kind of mitigate my damage a little bit too gotcha gotcha and it was and something um a uh, couple things i do like is that um because of the uh the way deep dungeon is they've removed positional requirements on enemies which would make things a lot easier okay so that's and then, not something that i knew but okay yeah and um oh boy excuse me you're excused <sighs> yeah no but i like have anyone else here tried it solo duo trio not in a group of four you know i haven't i've tried it trio Okay. And I actually, I but I only did one to twenty, and I thought it was fun actually. I but. did, I did it one to twenty, and we made it to like twenty seven, I think, before we wiped in a duo, and that was some of the most fun I've had playing FF fourteen actually. Okay, that's it interesting. Was, it was me on my dragoon, and my friend was on astrologian, and just that was such an experience because like we had to really i'm a dragoon i can't tank very well right except the floor i tank that really well right uh but we had to really carefully pull we had to really carefully pick which mobs were worth fighting there's there's these enemies in there that are like those little slime goops yeah and if you don't kill them at a certain time they just yeah. do a big aoe and wipe the area right 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 yeah. so like those we had to be super careful around about the slimes but like I've never, like, we've never had the slimes blow up on us. Like, we're always like, okay, yes, here's a slime, here's a slime. And we're like, why was that supposed to be hard? Like, we never, ever had that happen. I, would, I think it's mostly if you just don't pay attention. Like, if you're not paying attention and, you know, it's just not in time. Like, it is, it's it's a wipe. It's definitely, like, it'll put out a big AOE yeah. and wipe you. And the same thing with the hornets. They'll final sting you. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's it. Like, yep. you're, you're going down. And you're done. Uh, yeah, it's... I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that th that there's, um, you know, fun to be had with the system and challenging going in with smaller groups like that's one way of doing it. I just wish the benefits there was the benefits there to doing it with a smaller group. Yeah, I mean, I felt penalized for being in there with a smaller group, like severely, because like I don't have time to go get chess. Are you kidding? We're barely making it through well, the floors. I think that was the point, though. Like he had, like they had originally said that once all the floors are out, they wanted to have competitions to see who can get the farthest on sure. which job. Like it's supposed to be challenging when you're at lower levels. Sure, that's fair. And when sure. you're at less, I mean, or when you're at less people, because you want to see how far you can get, because you're not supposed to be able to get to floor two hundred as a solo player. It's well, just and, not. And 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 the thing is, is the thing that I keep seeing from everyone that you know oh well it's really good for tomes oh well it's really good for xp but like is a system that we're adding in 3.35 should that be good for grinding xp anymore like why are we why are we giving such forethought to people who are just joining this game that's the thing i think that bothers me that there is more thought in terms of development about people that are just picking up the game or trying to bring people in when they should be focusing now at three, you know, three, almost four years into this on the audience that they have. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this was this was so obvious, so obvious with uh, Verminion and I just think in all of these new systems that we keep getting, they're trying to split the difference between it being a system that is relevant for players and having a relevant reward for players that have been around for a long time and also benefiting, you know, low level new players to this game. Why do we have to do both? Why does every system have to do both those things? It does, does it? It does make you wonder when they're going to 
try to make that pivot from a game yes. from from uh, growing to sustaining. Yes, it feels like we're there. It, it's got to be at 4.0. I mean, it right, has yeah. to be. They can't do another expansion of trying to no, grow, can they? No, they fucking can't. L- listen, Square Enix, you're not WoW. I'm sorry. I hate to break this to you. You're not Blizzard. Listen to me very closely. You're not World of Warcraft. You're never going to get to World of Warcraft's level ever. Period. By the way, neither Stop is anyone else. Trying. Stop trying. Stop trying to mirror their success in almost everything that they do. That is so fucking frustrating. WoW was really good at serving both ends of their community. You're not. You're fucking it up. You're making it difficult and frustrating f- to be a continuing player of this game. Why? What, what is it benefiting you? Are you seeing more subs? Are people sticking around longer? Or are you starting to see a fall off and that's why you're doing free weekends? Come on. This is a this is a business decision. And I feel like you guys are overthinking this shit again and again and again. Stop trying to split the difference and support the people who have been supporting you for three plus years. This is getting to be a ridiculous, redundant, and frankly frustrating conversation to have. Yeah, like you, any any new player who comes in at this point, even if 4.0 has nothing for new players, they've still got... What three years of development ready? They've for got them? everything that they laid out with 3.0 is perfectly fine for anyone yeah. just coming into this game. Yeah, I I don't see you how- don't need any more systemic support than that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think at this point, like, if they I, don't show some kind of pivot in 4.0, that would just be mind-boggling. I how could you possibly I, I, do and, it? And the thing is, is you know every time you know every time we talk about a jumping potion, you know. If they're if they're gonna sit sit around, I I oh god, I something just clicked in my head. Uh oh, something just clicked Uh-oh. in my head, and this is gonna oh no, this is gonna mm, be bad. I'm scared. They may justify the leveling potion by saying to us, "This is the way that we're gonna be able to develop solely for the end game." Oh. There's the cell. That's the cell. That's the cell. That's how they get it past us. That's how they get it past their own community. If they're talking about it, uh, guys, you're saying they they, they come out and say, we're going to implement a jumping potion. No, 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 no. First, they say 4.0 is going to be, be focused on providing content at the end game. Okay. At max level. That's the first thing that they say. And then they hit us a couple of weeks, couple of months later by saying, well, we'll have the jumping potion for anyone who's not there yet. Due to massive community feedback, we've decided to implement a jumping potion such that players will be able to enjoy the 4.0 content. Yeah. Wow. That does sound like a SE press release, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I, I, I hate I to be, I hate I, to be I I mean, you I know. I feel like you want to implement that, though. Like, I, I feel like that even though they could do that. I don't think that that's in Yoshi's vision. Why are exactly. why is he talking? But why is he talking about it? Because so much? people have been asking about it. I don't know. I don't know. He talks about things. He's very specific about the things that he talks about. Very specific. He doesn't talk about any like it's very rare. Look, our last episode, we went through everything that he's ever 
even mentioned offhandedly in an interview. I mean, he knows how how close we pay attention to this shit and how much we glom onto it. Yeah, I, I there's, d- dude. Th- it does seem like it probably isn't. Something this is he the cell. Yeah. Oh, this is this. I've I've laid out the cell right here, and the sad part is is that it would probably work. You know what? I'm trying to picture a future Limit Break Radio episode where we have to suss out, like, all right, they're making the pivot and putting in the jumping potion, and we're going to have a debate about whether it's worth it. I don't think it would be. I simply (sighs) don't think it would be. You have to have some kind of... You'd rather them still kind of release almost there but not quite content rather than putting in a jumping potion and focusing on the end game? No. I, I don't want either. I think either is the bad move. Uh, doing either one, and especially both, is the bad move. What you should do is you should say, look, it's an MMO. There's going to take a significant investment for you to be able to get what you want out of it. Right? Like, I think that that's, that's reasonable for an MMO. It's totally unreasonable to hold your breath and turn blue because you didn't get the one drop that you wanted. And we've kind of all been there. We've all had fucking temper tantrums by <laughs> not getting the one drop that we wanted. But what was the thing? What was the thing that created the want? Not getting it. Yeah. What? Why? Why are you still playing Pokemon Go? Is there one in there that you want that you haven't gotten yet? Oh, I know you have one. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> have one. I'm asking you. I'm asking everyone Snorlax. listening. I want Snorlax. I'm listening. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm asking everyone listening. Why do you still play that? It's three weeks out. Why are you still playing it? You know, like yeah. I, you got to ask these questions. If you're a developer, you have to. And if you keep getting it wrong, you've gotten it wrong three times. If you get it wrong three times, when are you going to stop and ask yourself, is it something that I'm doing? I feel like Square Enix is the Skinner meme. No, it's not our content that's fucked. It's the players who are wrong. Stop it. Stop telling us that... Like, stop ignoring this shit, man. The jump potion will likely come with the Xbox One being added to FF14. More people to draw in from another platform to play. All of you know, that, it'll all come out. It, it, 4.0 will be released on Xbox One. There's the second justification. There's two justifications that Square Enix can make right now. And I'm telling you, if they make it, dude, I am going to be so way, frustrated. The only way I would be okay with that is if it was this. They released it with Xbox whenever that happens, and it only takes them to level 30. So that they can get an advanced job and they still have to go through the story. Well, we've been talking about this now for four weeks. We've been talking about the different restrictions that they could put on Jumping yeah. Potion to make that okay. And the thing that we keep hearing over and over and over again, and the thing that I keep coming to over and over and over again, is no. Yeah, I would just don't. Yeah. Just, just don't. Right? I, but and, I feel like 1 to 30 is so, it doesn't even matter anyway. And then if they advertise it like, hey, you get to start with level 30, new players might be like, hey, I get to skip some levels. When really in reality, you're not skipping all that much, but they don't need to just, know. Or just, maybe, just make the advanced jobs unlockable at level 1. May, maybe. But at, the same t- but at the same time, Nico, is that a value that's worth paying for? Is that a value? Is there enough value in that to make people spend the money? I don't think that there is. There's people, a, people who haven't started the game yet don't really know that they're skip not skipping all that much to skip to level thirty. 
I don't know. It's probably something that would also be like included with buying the Xbox One title. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm so Ugh. I'm so skeeved out and bummed out by this idea. Uh, God damn it. Ugh. <laughs> It's gag-inducing. It is. It's terrible. It's so frustrating because it's like, it's it's like, it's like being stuck at a job where your your superior is continually mismanaging something or getting it wrong, and you know exactly what the thing is that needs to be that needs to be done, and you're telling anyone that will listen, and people are just ignoring you left and right. Like that's sort of what it feels like. To be in the position that we're in and to be putting out the suggestions that we've been putting because it's like, look, all of these, uh, you know, all of these are perfectly good suggestions. They're rooted in our own experience. Granted, we're not game devs. We don't know what the restrictive parts of those, you know, of those requests are. But like, why is this not? A part of the conversation why why do we have another fucking pc gamer interview that asks about well what's the general future of this uh, of this uh game as opposed to very pointed questions about well what was what was your thinking in implementing this content what was your per- like what was your intent in implementing this content how was it received why wasn't it received that well and what can you do to improve Oh my god, I would love to hear that question. Right? <laughs> I, I know for a fact... What are like, you planning on doing to improve? I, I highly doubt SE would ever allow that question to come before them, but I would love to hear it asked. It, it you know, I, I, I get it that, you know, some of you guys out there are curious about how Perry works, but... You know, if we're given the opportunity to sit down and ask these questions to the devs, which every once in a while in a live letter or some kind of other outlet, a live event, we are given the opportunity. Why do we blow the questions every time? Every time. Every time. I mean, Square Enix won't sit down with us. No. They're not going to give us the time of day. They're not going to bother answering us. I don't think they even like us, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. But they probably don't, which is why we don't get press passes for FanFest either. No. But you, know, but you know what? This is a question that is not going to go away. Even if Limit Break Radio stopped broadcasting tomorrow, which it's not, but even if we did stop broadcasting tomorrow, this question is not going to go away. Yeah, this is not a case of us trying to make something out of something that's not there. This community had very mixed opinions on Deep Dungeon yeah. coming off the heels of a lot of excitement. Yes. Uh, th- yeah, this was not like, even among our staff, we were pretty split. I, I liked it. Nico was like, eh, and you were, eh. Yeah. Like, this isn't going away. You're, you're, you make the point. If yeah. we're not the ones asking it, someone else will. Uh, well, and, and and the answer is what is important. I mean, Square Enix's yeah. response, what their plan is moving forward, that's important. And that's something that I think, you know, we all of us want to know. And, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's dubious that the question never even gets brought up. You know? Oh, it just goes like, questions are cherry picked. We've known this for a long time. I don't believe a question like that would ever actually make it in front of SE. Well, you say that, but then when we get the opportunity, like wherever that live one was, where people asked live questions, then people just ask dumb questions. Like, when do we get summoner glamour? Like, we know we just ask something that what we do you think? really are they, like. Are they plants? 
No, I don't think so. I no, don't no, know. No, no, that, no. Like, you could tell because Yoshi would roll his eyes and sigh at some of these questions. Like, yeah, I don't they, think that so. That was the first time they had opened up to live questions and people blew it. Like, they should have come in there with were like much th- more thought. Like, if every single person that had lined up asked a legitimate thought-provoking development or game game content question, they would have had to answer at least one of them. Yeah. Well, what I mean, you know, I think the the question then becomes like, you know, what are you guys prepared to do as players? You know, what are what are you guys prepared to do as parts of this community to try to encourage Square Enix to make the content that you want to play? If they're continually making content that you're not going to play, you know, like there's that whole vote with your feet. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and encourage anyone to cancel their sub. Yeah, that's no one wants that. I'm a part of this community just like anyone else. No one wants to see sub numbers decline. No. Okay. So, you know, where is it? Where's where's the rub going to be? Like, where where are we going to get some information and some some clarity about how this whole thing moves fucking forward? I mean, I know that FanFest is when it's on the docket, but. I mean, I think that there's going to be some really important questions that they're going to need to answer at FanFest. And the the whole thing that happens every time they announce anything where we just get caught up in the hype of it, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, like it's going to take a really critical eye. And, and I mean, some people are going to be sitting there going, well, Nero, how can you be even more critical of this game than you guys already are? But, you know, we bought into the hype. We thought that this was going to be good, just like everyone else. And when it didn't, you know, now that it doesn't live up to the expectation, the question is, what are we going to do about it? I mean, ultimately, the the answer comes from Square Enix. But how vocal are you willing to be? How, you know, how willing are you to wade into that cesspool of shit that is the official forums? How willing are you to jump into the set, uh, the the uh, the the fucking septic tank of Reddit? Are you to to put, keep putting these ideas out there and to keep saying you can do better? It's not. It, look, I, I understand that this is going to come off as very pointed criticism, but I just want this game to be better. Yeah. You know, I, I it's 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 frustrating to me because I see a lot of the potential that systems like Deep Dungeon or DDM have, and maybe even some of the underlying ideas. But then it, it's 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 like it's like everything's being designed by committee. You know, someone comes in and goes, "Hey, what about this system that's sort of like Dynamis?" And then they go, "Yeah, okay, well, but what about the issue of uh, of raid balance?" Okay, you know, and 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 it's like, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, that's something that needs to be addressed or with deep dungeon, you know, hey, we've got I've got this great idea for a nice Isle like event. Okay, well, how can level 17 players get involved with that? I see what you're saying. Oh, what? Wait, what? That's a ridiculous. Okay, I guess we can go back and try to figure that out. Like, there's just shit that seems shoehorned in there for no good reason. And it doesn't benefit the event. It just benefits someone who is trying to get, you know, it benefits someone trying to get XP. It benefits trying someone to try to get tomes. That's frustrating. It feels, yeah, every event just kind of misses the mark and always in a different way, it seems yeah. like. It's like... Like with uh, with Deep Dungeon, it's the gear. I thought the gear out of Deodum was pretty good. The yeah. incentive there was fine. Right. But the event itself was coma-inducing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's sort of like we've had a reversal where, you know, now this this content is, I'd say, is pretty good. Yeah. It's not it's not something that makes me want to fall asleep every time I'm doing it. Uh, but the rewards out of it are lackluster, yeah. more than lackluster. It's really one thing that you're going for. That's that's disappointing. So what what do you guys want to see changed? What do you guys? It, it, I mean, I know that I've been throwing out ideas in terms of incentive and and things like that. But I mean, are there changes to the core system? Are there core systemic portions of this that could be changed and and for the better? Now, one thing that's nice is SE does seem to be listening to feedback on this one. They actually have already posted that in response to. Uh, in response to massive player feedback, uh, Aether Pool equipment will have a higher chance of upgrading from silver chests on earlier floors to make earlier floors bearable to go through again, and Aether Pool equipment will upgrade after defeating the floor 50 boss. Oh, that's good. So those are some nice things. It's nice to see, like, already they're kind of listening and saying, okay, well, we can work on that. Right, right. My but- only thing is the same thing we talked about before. If they could just change the objective to open the, the teleporter to the next floor so that it's not just kill 10 mobs or whatever it is every time, I'd be fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, That's like my one and, thing that would make it more fun. Well, but and, and again, Nizul Isle did that very well where you'd have either a single enemy that you had to kill yep. or it was a lamp floor. You know, there were there were floors in there that were non-combat specific. And I, and I feel like... Some of that was introduced into Nizul for time, right? Because yep. you were you were racing against the clock in Nizul. Thirty and, minutes, five floors, and and yeah, you that that especially when it first came out, that was a really tight time limit. Oh yeah, and so you know some of those floors were kind of like gimme floors, or like how can we you know how can we do this faster? And I, you know, but on the other hand, some of those floors were damn near impossible. Yes, let me. I had a floor one time that was light the lamps in order. Which is already sucky. Right. Six lamps, six people don't alert archaic gears. Oh. So for those who don't know Eleven, archaic, they, were, they were gear enemies, basically, that were true sight, true sound. They could see through, sneak, and invisible. And if you aggroed them, you got a minute taken off your time in Nizel. Yeah. Like, just for getting too close to one, right. a minute off your time. And you had to leave people in six different rooms trying to light the lamps. Well, it was impossible. I mean, I think I think a mechanic like that is a little bit tough because we don't have ways to go non-detectable. Right. You know, we don't have a sneak and invis. But it does seem like objectives like kill a specific monster. You know, like you can add a mark next to their name on the UI yes. to designate that they're a specific monster. Like like hunt mobs. Hunt or, mobs have, a, have an icon. Or it doesn't even have to tell you until maybe you kill one of them. And then something in the chat log says like, oh, something starts to creak in the distance or something. Like you have to actually yes. kill yeah. one to figure out what the hunt target is. Totally. But if you want to look at that time takeaway, make that one of the traps that you can step on. Oh, I stepped on a time reduction trap. That makes the value of the one of That's- the... Commander that reduces uh, that takes away traps or reveals them that makes those more valuable. Yeah, that's true. But that one feels really, really punishing to me. Like almost unfairly so because the way that if you're planning out like which floors you want to go for chests and which floors, I feel like taking out like if you're on the last floor and you plan it out exactly so that you'll have five minutes for the boss and then you spring a five minute trap, like you don't even have a chance. But Deep Dungeon to me feels like it shouldn't be something that you can just sit and plan out well. It seems like it should be a seat of your pants kind of thing. I, you know, there's, I don't know, there's part of me there's part of me, I mean, maybe with the RNG aspect of the overall thing, yeah, that may actually fit into the theme of the whole thing a little bit better. But I, I don't know, like, my my whole thing is, you know, they, 
they did such a great job with salvage back in 11 and that was one where you could really plan out you had to plan it sure i mean it took a little while to figure out exactly what all of those different things were right. but after a while you did have groups that like specifically worked into doing you know very specific objectives to be able to get the gear that they needed and that was a fantastic gear system too where you needed three different pieces of gear well wasn't salvage so in-depth though that you couldn't actually explore the entire zone and each time you went in you had to specifically plan which nms you were going to go after yeah so it wasn't even like you could go in every room like in deep dungeon right but if we're looking at this as a nizul comparison nizul was you had to go by the seat of your pants you were just impulse yeah so I, i so i think given the the whole the overall theme of the event they yeah that would probably be a little bit more thematic uh thematically appropriate but one of the things that i loved about salvage was that you had to specifically plan out your route yeah there were things that you couldn't aggro in there and and it would change the conditions inside of the actual event those were the things that i really loved and that i really valued out of salvage that i'd love to see brought back in a system like this although i'm not sure exactly how they would be able to do it um but having- what Wyatt is saying is true though too if we ramp up the difficulty then the rng and rewards has to be easier to get or if you get harder rewards then you can't have it be so difficult that you can't push through it in enough time or like harder rng so you have to you do what have to is have a fi- is a fucking looking- hang on is a fucking failure state and just not acceptable in gaming these days like it, it, it does it have to be a foregone conclusion that when you start something and you know you log into your save file or whatever that whatever you're going to be doing your goal for that session is a hundred percent going to be met. I don't think it has to be a hundred percent guaranteed, but no. I don't think there should be a one hundred percent floor that you cannot one like you cannot clear. Like I feel like I would be so pissed if I got to floor forty nine and the RNG for whatever reason was so bad that it was literally impossible. So you don't even try; you just exit out because you can't clear. Like. That level of RNG would frustrate the life out of me. I well, um, but I don't think that anyone's asking for that sort of level of RNG. Well, that's what he. Well, what's the Scalia talking about with the six lamps and the not aggroing shit that takes whatever? Like that would be way too much for this kind of. Oh, game. that was that was well, a specific floor. specific floors. Yeah, that, that was an absolutely brutal floor. I should point out we won that that run, but um, but the thing is also if you like wipe, you know, it's, it's game over. And I feel like so if there was a floor where literally. You just couldn't clear it. The RNG was so bad. I would be, I would be pissed because there's nothing you can do about that when the game just tells you, "Nope, sorry, you just got unlucky. You can't clear it." I'm, I'm not talking about it being impossible. I'm talking about it being like I want to be able to run into a floor where I'm just like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. we, how are we going to get through this?" Just right. like, like that moment when I ran into when we entered the room with like ten enemies in it. Like I, I saw that room. I was like. Geez, okay, that's gonna be a pain. But then, like you say, we can just put down the alteration pomander or the witching pomander and make them all into chickens. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can just do that. Never mind. Right. Um, I, I, I liked the that risk in Nizel Isle of just like, like you know what, we are gonna blitz through all these floors because we might run into a six lamp floor. Yeah, and that's gonna be brutal if we do. And 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 again, that was part of the meta too. That was right. all. That was all part of the discussion that was had. Uh, you know, forming the group and all of that shit. It's all really important to the enjoyment of the game 
restriction is something that i mean game companies are so shy about this these days but look at the amount of restrictions that something like pokemon go places on the player sure you know like and that like not being able to see anything at one or two feet right that's really difficult right exactly (laughs) but having you know there there are things that make that game difficult and rewarding right and and i feel like square enix is going and and it's not even like a raw difficulty thing but just that the investment reward dynamic is off and it's been off for a long time even going back to the first relics the zeta weapons i think that the just the the incentive has not been there and slowly over time the community has started to realize this i i haven't felt like a relic was worth doing since my like since I first got was a guy bold for Dragoon. Yeah. yeah. Since I first got the very first bit of relic because I needed it. Right. But I haven't felt like any relic step has been worth doing since. I'm like, I why? Yeah. I'll just I mean, get because my back weapon. then it was the best weapon, and if you didn't have it, you didn't have the best weapon. Nowadays, there's so much comparable things. But if you think about it, that's what we wanted, right? Horizontal options. So you have to so you have to decide. Like, do we really want there to be well, the no, one best but, thing, or do we want there to be options? But the the having the best weapon doesn't matter. It doesn't. That's- There's no like when you have somebody in your group that has raid weapons. Sure, you're getting through the dungeon a little bit faster. But after that five minutes is up, you're just like or the 10 minutes is up in that dungeon. You're just like, oh, that went quick. Great. I get to move on to, you know, other things. Right. What I miss in MMOs is coming across someone and going, oh, fuck, that's like that's impressive like whatever the whatever this person is laying down either what you know the numbers that they're able to crunch out or just how cool their character looks i don't get a sense of like oh fuck who's that guy you know, you know the last time that happened to me was in 11 i saw some guy who had a pona's ring on for the first time and i could not be on my computer fast enough trying to figure out where do i get that ring yeah that is a sick ring yeah and there's it's nothing but there's a pona yeah, yeah it's about a pona there's yeah, someone on a horse words? There, but there's no analog to this. No. There, there's no analog in FF14. There's no like tier of gear that is just so godly or so rare that it just becomes mind shattering when you see it. I think that maybe the PvP gear was intended to do that. Yeah. Except I wouldn't be able to tell that from Adam. I don't know the difference. Like, if I saw somebody walk into our house in our studio and sit down next to me in the PvP gear. I wouldn't be able to identify it. I'd have no See, idea. I mean, a lot of people used to tell Sir and like, oh, wow, your glamour looks so cool. Where'd you get it? And he'd always go PVP. Like there was multiple people that would tell him how often. Sure. So it was definitely something that people wanted and lusted after. But, yeah, yeah, no, but I'm PvP, saying, yeah. I'm, yeah, well, uh, but there's some decent gear design in there. I'm saying that the two sets that they added for platinum or whatever the rewards uh, were out of the feast. Like, I wouldn't be able to look at that gear and go, oh, that's that special PVP gear. It just looks like another coat you know if i didn't if i didn't if i didn't like recognize that there was chest wrap or something going on there i would not be able to pick that out if you put that in a fucking lineup i wouldn't be able to po- point it out do you remember the heiress's armor yes salvage yes oh my god oh my god my jaw hit the floor when i there's gear that looks like that in the game it's like yes there is stuff. i still have it for glamour but, it's so cool but the thing is is that there's been no gear that has been put into this game that has made me react the way that i reacted yeah. the first time i saw Aries gear oh yeah, my god exactly. my jaw dropped yeah 
Now, I was I, like, I need it. My jaw dropped before I saw the stats on it. And then I'm yes. like, oh. Yeah. Totally. I'm going to start a salvage group. Fucking I want that a. shit. I, I, I totally agree. And just yeah, and the and the the fact that nothing has been able to make me react like this in fourteen, I think blunts a lot of the enthusiasm in the end that I have for this game. And it always comes down to the fact like you saw that air scale, like, if I got that, I could wear that probably forever. Yes. I like and like Juxta experienced that yesterday when we were streaming. He was he got to ninety nine and started gearing up his dancer. He's like, Hey, what rings and, and uh earrings should I wear? I'm like, uh Raja's ring, Opona's ring, Saponamimi and uh, brutal earring. Yeah, and he's like, I can still wear those. Yeah, yeah. They're not best anymore, but they're all perfectly viable. Yeah, they're they're all that's and that's what made those gear pieces back in the day made you your, your jaw drop. You're yeah, like, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're still relevant, I think that that just speaks volumes. Uh, so uh, did it live up to the hype? Did Deep Dungeon live up to the hype? No, and I don't think it ever could have. Mika. No, no, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, how much hype we were talking about it, no. But I think it definitely was very close. I don't think this is the worst system that they've done. I think that they're on the right track. I just think that they fell slightly short. I agree. I think this one missed the mark, but not nearly the way past events have. Yeah, I agree. They're getting closer. They're dialing it in, which is good. I think that that's that's good. Um, But it also is a little, I mean, for all the reasons that we had pointed out already, it's really concerning. It's really dismaying to see, you know, so many opportunities being laid out uh, in front of someone and, and, and having them not be taken or being so easy to diagnose the problem that's that's you know I, I i that's frustrating especially for someone who comments on this shit you know because there's not much that i can do like there's not much that it, all i can do is say words into a microphone what more can we do than we're already doing we're doing the most that we can right now yeah, we're having the discussion but and, and 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 that's so oh my god just to see the amount of missteps in front of you and going, yeah, but, uh, but, uh, <sighs> I, Scorpio on the chest says maybe they'll add objectives floors 51 plus. And that's kind of where I'm really positive on diadem or on this versus diadem. It's like diadem to make diadem work. I saw like, they're gonna have to change everything. Yeah, like, there's gonna be lot. an overhaul. There has to yeah. be an overhaul. Yeah. This system needs tweaks. It doesn't, and it doesn't need a ton of them. Yeah. Like, small things will fix this system. I think so. I think so. Yeah, there's definitely room to expand. Um, there's definitely room to grow. Uh, I think it would be weird to have objectives added at the 50 interval, you know? Like, suddenly you get past 50, and now you have a whole different set of punishments and, obje- you know, the objectives only, that you're having to do. I think that would be off-putting. I see it is because now we're max level. Maybe. They might have hold it off till we you hit know, max level. So I might see it happening. If it doesn't happen now... Maybe well, that's like, you know happening at 100, too, because now we're past the lore segment. Okay, you know what? I, okay, I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. That You may have a good point there. Yeah. You may have a good point there. Uh, uh, so, uh, I mean, it, it, this, it, I, this was kind of a unique event uh, in the fact that not many of us had gotten to really sink our teeth into it. It's been kind of a tough week. Uh, it's been a long week for all of us. Nika, I, I really want to thank you uh, for making the time investment to be able to work through it and uh, talk competently about the system. I, mm-hmm. I, I really do appreciate that. Uh, but, I mean, is, is, do you see anything that they could do right now to keep people involved with the system? Because, I, I mean, if we have to wait until... 3.45 to get an update on 
deep dungeon i think that that's gonna a lot of people are gonna as many people are gonna tune out of this as they did with diadem i'm i'm just yeah i don't know i'm just very nervous that most people aren't going to stick with it just because like i mean like i said it's a lot of burnout like there are people right now who are like i'm grinding this so hard for my weapon right now and it gets so tedious when it's the exact same thing they just need to find a way to break up the monotony granted 41 to 50 does get a bit harder so but if if i look at it that way and 51 to 100 is just pure pure challenge along with the repetitiveness that's going to get even more burnout even quickly more quickly so i just feel like they have to find a way to balance the monotony of the floor climbing and monster face bashing with some kind of objective or goal or incentive or something that just isn't making it more monotony or otherwise i think most people are going to bow out really quickly well that was gonna be my question is when do you think the next patch for this will be you think 3.45 yeah i I mean i don't think that we'll see one at 3.4 i can't imagine no i I, i'm hoping because if they release it in 50 floors at a time that we would get it at 3.4 3.45 and 3.5 just in time to finish the whole thing before the expansion. Now, Do you if think they that did, we're not going to get it all before the expansion. You know, you know, mm. if they did that, if they did that, I think I I might walk back a lot of my statements because I'd be kind of impressed with with that level it, of commitment. It would but make see, sense if they wouldn't be, be continuing development because after three point five five, we're not going to see a patch for a long time. That's true. So right, they so might want to have it done by then. Hmm. Yeah, but then again, does that mean that they're going to skimp on things like possibly adding gear? Mm. In order well, to but then, that quickly. But again, you know, they did just wrap up Dragon Song War. We do know that there are plot points that we're going to continue to follow. But you know, and I brought this up on a show or two ago. If they decided to concentrate on content for two patch cycles, would that be the worst thing? No. Because there definitely has to be a bridge to get us to 4.0. Hunts was our sort of our bridge between 2.0 and 3.0. And it was not very good. Uh, you know, this this serves as a better bridge, a longer bridge, you know, uh, and especially if 100 to 200 is really challenging. Yeah. And not ever, it's not going to be a foregone conclusion sitting down that you're going to be able to get through even that ch- that 10 chunk of floors that you want to get through there that there may be something to that didn't yoshi say he figures most people won't be able to get to 200 most I think players he did. I, I, I mean they did I don't say know. that most players mm-hmm. if you're not end game end tier hardcore players would not be able to complete floor 200 that was what he said that's see now if they if they decide to hold to that if they decide to to follow through with that uh with that strategy i think that's really interesting because you know like Everything else is sort of a foregone conclusion, and this creates the second thing outside of raiding and EX primals that you actually need to, like, get a raid weapon for. Yeah, I mean, he made it sound like 1 to 100 was going to be doable by most people because of story, and 100 to 200 was going to be just for the end game players and i really hope that that's true but again after getting it though how much hope do you have for follow-through on this i mean if he's i mean he said it and the thing is is that if the difficulty continues to scale that means that by 100 like if it by the 41 to 50 granted it wasn't like super hard but it was significantly more difficult sure if it scales the same amount of difficulty each time floors 91 to 100 are not going to be easy but i imagine that most people after running it a couple times will clear it and if they continue with that i don't see why that once they hit 100 it's just gonna like fall off and be easy all the way to 200 i don't see that happening at all well no i not that it would fall off and and be easy but that it wouldn't be properly incentivized (laughs) 
I mean, that I'm not sure because when he said floor 100 to 200 will be purely for challenge, I'm like, okay, is that just going to be like what Savage Second Coil was? It's just for challenge exactly. and no incentive? Yeah. Or does that mean that there will be good rewards for endgame players as an alternative to like Alex rating? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we've we've heard statements like that before. And, you know, they haven't necessarily panned out in the way that either we hoped that they would or that we theorized that they would. Because my wish for this game has been challenging four-man raid content. But how and long... if this becomes that in a, in a way that gives us raid sure. tier reward, I will I will be completely happy. But how much longer are you willing to, to wait for that to happen? You know what I, I mean? I mean, by 4.0. If this, if this turns into that, if we get nothing in 4.0... Then, if, like, if this does not become that, and then 4.0 starts and still nothing happens, I think I'm, I, I don't, I'm gonna be really upset. Yeah, I, I mean, if if we get 4.0 and they say, you know, this is gonna be the same pattern of development that we've seen through 2.0 and 3.0, I'm gonna because have to it's really been quote unquote dis- successful. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I likewise would also question a lot of the the decision making there because at that point I would feel. Like, okay, your dev team's uninspired, and you're just making excuses for why you can't make a better game than you are. And I don't think that it's unreasonable for us as players to sit here and ask for a better game. It's not it, it's not unreasonable for us to expect that a game that is going to be receiving development and quarterly updates that we can rely on, quarterly updates, that it wouldn't also at the same time fucking improve over time. Like, that, I think, is totally reasonable. That's the expectation, I think, of any MMO audience, period. Yeah, like, it got to that point, and you knew when it was happening with Eleven where they were just trying to hang on. They were trying to keep it from going over the cliff. Right. Everyone saw it coming. It's too early to be there with 14. Yeah, yeah. And, and and again, and that works backwards into the jumping potion. It works backwards into, you know, so many of these issues that we've been talking about, incentive, gear structure, horizontal pro- horizontal progression. It all sort of leads back to this. Yep. I, this is the biggest problem that Square Enix has right now. And the fact that they don't address it really bothers me. It really, really bothers me because they they should be. They should be op- openly addressing it, openly talking about it, and trying to ease their community's concerns. Because mm-hmm. we're not the only ones who've identified this problem. We're not the only ones who are are sitting here saying, "Like, look, I'm not as into this as I could be." Look at, I mean, look at the Twitch chat. Look at, look at yeah. around your, look at your FF14 streaming community. Yeah, where are they? Yeah, they've disappeared. They're playing other games. And and who can blame them? More more people tune into FF11 streams than 14 streams. That makes me so sad. It's, but it's a fact. Like yeah. we 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 streamed on a Saturday morning, me Juxta and Nika, and we had like 40 people watching. And all we FF11. were doing was grinding XP. Literally grind XP. That's all we were doing. And and your 14 streams get 15, 30 maybe. Yeah. On a good day. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah. I mean, especially when back when we all we had to do was turn on the stream and we'd have like 80 and now it's down to 30 most like, yeah, they're gone. And it's not I, I mean, it's not dissatisfaction with LBR. Sure isn't da- dissatisfaction there. The people who Our have been, podcast numbers don't say it is. Yeah. Uh, the download numbers, the, the traffic that we get. I mean, they're a little bit lower and that's kind of to be expected in between patches. And now that we're so far out from an expansion, it's not, you know, we saw the same sort of lull in 2.0. Yep. It's not. 
it's not uh you know it's not a huge surprise there but the the fall off has been even more dramatic than it was at 2.0 far more dramatic than it was at 2.0 and that's concerning we all should be concerned about that all right i think that's going to do it for deep dungeon thank you guys for all your calls it was so interesting to hear your reactions to deep dungeon we'll be back next week next sunday at 1 p.m if you've got any more feelings about deep dungeon if you grind it anymore you feel like we unlocked a point here today that uh, you want to make on the show please give us a call limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limitbreakradio.com slash discord of course tune in sundays at 1 p.m to be able to call the show we'd love to be able to hear from you all right so it's been a while we've taken a step back from uh, the fffl but i oh, think man. it's time to check in with the FFFL and uh, get an update. Oh, it's so good to hear the music. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your moogles because season two of the Final Fantasy Feast League is coming your way next week here at Limit Break Radio. We've seen our field of competitors expand from six to 12 players, and during the offseason, each team was allowed to extend an invitation to one player to join us, and today we're happy to be able to announce the first three additions to the league. Ooh. I, myself, in representation of the now- Defunct, whatever my team was called last season, they've been banned. Uh, I'm not allowed to say it. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed to say that. I see. I well, it's interesting because I think the Reds. There are some people who would love to see the same thing uh, done for the Redskins, or uh, you know, the the Indians. Well, we here at the FFFL hold our teams to a high standard, and we have banned a few teams due to their name. (laughs) But I am happy to announce that. Malky Thera will be joining the FFFL next hey, season. Hey, congratulations, Malky Thera. Can't wait to be competing against you and to kick your ass. That's correct. And now we're going to send it over to Nika for her introduction of her pick. Oh, gosh, I didn't know I had to make an introduction. Um, well, I can say that uh, Senpai is finally breaking out of his shell, and he will uh, make his on-air speaking debut for the FFFL. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> shit. The man, the myth, the legend himself joining the show. Nice. And over to Aniro, who I know thought long and hard about who he wanted to add into the league. Uh, yeah, so we've had a good friend uh, of this show who has been in uh, the chat room. You might know him as Ice Wombat. Uh, we know him as uh, Gordon. So, Gordon, you're going to be joining us for the FFFL. I love fucking up your name. It's just my favorite thing about everything. Wait, is he actually Gordor? Because I've, yes, I've never actually Gordon. met him. He is Gordor. Okay. But his name's not Gordon. I'm just, I, I just try to fuck it up every time. Well done. So we'll have three more teams that will be joining us, and we will announce them next week here live for the draft. Uh, Returning from last season, I believe, Nika, are you you bringing your team back, or is there going to be a new team represented by you? Um, I have not decided yet, because my team was hit or miss, so I might just kind of dump them all in the trash. We'll see. Well, then (laughs) perhaps the only team making a return to the league next season will be Titans Banana Hammock, headed up by our intern, and his selection for his new team is also in, but I'll let him make that announcement. Uh, New to the league this season, we will be having home and away games as well as division rivalries. So all my players, you need to start thinking about where your team is going to be home based out of. There will be home and away games. Uh, Also, make sure you tune in next week for our draft special as the second season of the FFFL gets underway. 
That's right. We're going to be drafting next week here on the program, but we're also going to be taking calls about Deep Dungeon. So uh, make sure that you join us next week. It's going to be super exciting. It's always fun to draft for the FFFL. Probably have uh, some beers and uh, kick back. Are, we get, are you making a draft board this year? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's what's up. Board on. Yeah, we're going to have a draft board. Uh, this is going to be fun, guys. So make sure you tune in next week. That's next Sunday starting at 1 p.m. here. We should have a full crew again. Of course, Juxta and Kahlo missing from today. Uh, who knows what they're doing, but they just said that they couldn't be here. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have them back next time, hopefully. And... We'll be drafting. And and the thing is, is if they're not here, we get to put them on auto-draft. Auto-draft and, and name their team again. And name their team. Yeah. So, that so, was, so actually, the team we auto-named last time won. I know. <sighs> it, 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 they still were saddled with the worst name. They, they were. But you know what? The Having the trophy makes you feel a lot better about that. That's right. All right. Uh, so, of course, they were stripped of that title, so I mean, what's, <laughs> what's it really matter? Yeah, well, that's that's a forever asterisk right there. That's correct. Uh, all right. Well, that's our FFFL update. Make sure you guys are tuning in next week. And uh, let's move on to some emails. Uh, Nico, why don't you read this first email? Sure. It says, good day. Is the Karn from Balmung here? Listen to the recent podcast about lore and heard you guys talking about your hopes for 4.0. I have a few suspicions about what we might end up seeing based on some of the info we got a long time ago. When they were still building 2.0, I recall them being conflicted between adding in flying or swimming first. They decided to go with flying for 3.0, so I would hope hmm. that 4.0 would introduce swimming in underwater temples, etc. Interesting. I don't remember that, but that Yeah, I don't remember that cool. comment, but I'm fine if they introduce swimming I mean, into the game. underwater That's... temples a la Zelda's Iron Boots. I, I, want, I want a submarine, and I want to name it the USS Medic. Um, just like you had to do the story to open up the bridge at the end of 2.0 to gain entry into Heaven's Ward I would love it if they made a quest for finding Oxiel Oxiel do you say that that would give you the ability to breathe underwater and entry to the 4.0 zones that would be interesting. That would get be, gills. That would be a unique way to <laughs> like, do that. Um, in Harry Potter, how they had to have that like w- that the plant. weed that he the weed, uh, yeah. What, I forget what that's called. Yeah, I remember that. Though. Uh, it's called it's something. Uh, breathe, definitely breathe had the word weed. weed in it. Something weed. Um, something I've been mulling over is Yoshi P's comments on the bar of entry to 3.0 being you have to complete all of 2.0 and how he felt it was a mistake and said he wouldn't do that again if I remember correctly. I don't know if he said that. Now what if they decided to make the end of 2.0 branch off into 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, etc. So once the scions were scattered, each successive expansion would be following a different lead to locating them again. That way you would only need to do the lead in quest at the end of 2.0 to progress to the expansion of your choice. Each expansion would be its own chapter, separate from one another, but connected through 2.0. This would lead into lots of theory crafting and how character progression, new jobs, new zones, etc. would work. But if they cut down the fetch quest like Nika was saying, hi Nika, then hopefully they wouldn't feel the need to add in a jumping potion. Fuck no. Are you- is he, is he talking about having like the next expansion be kind of running concurrently with this current one? He's saying that you could kind of make make it more of like a choose like an open world game where once you hit a certain point in the game, you can choose which chapter you want to do next. I think if they explored a way to make these expansions running concurrently and then have it all build to a big story at the end, that'd be so cool. Because your main character is the center of them all. But I think that it would be cool that it didn't matter which order you did them in. However, I think they would have had to have planned that before now. And I feel like the fact that we found all of the science except Yeda and Papalimo, and we've also seen a hint of what they were up to, wouldn't yeah. work. It, w- it would have to start like now, where at the end of 3.0, we could branch off and do the next couple of things in any order. 
I don't know if they could do it from the end of 2.55. Yeah. Um, let's see. He says, back to my thoughts on making 4.0 a swimming expansion. I guess uh, what minigame would best suit it that fans have been itching and calling for forever? Yes, I'm talking Blitzfall. I personally wasn't a fan, but I know many people were. And if they are looking to add in something people would actually play, cough, was a minion, cough, what better environment to set it up? Of course, the entire patch wouldn't be underwater. Just have it as a heavy focus. Anyway, not sure how you feel about it or if I'm making any sense. Either way, whatever 4.0 brings, I hope it brings much better incentives for playing. Right now, why would I want to go through the headache of face-smashing endgame content when the next patch will make its rewards pretty much irrelevant? Exactly. I didn't even bother with the Binding Coil of Bahamut until after patch 3.2, even though I wanted to see the story since I was a 1.0 vet. Well, sorry for the long email. I hope it didn't put you to sleep. Keep up with the great podcast. You are the only thing keeping me engaged in the game right now. Oh, man. I, I thought that was a good email. It's it a, that's, a, that's a great email, but I'm sad to hear that because, yeah. I mean, I you know, for as much as I love our show and... For as much as I appreciate kind words like that, it's really pretty scary to be the only thing keeping somebody engaged in this game. You know, yeah. uh, the not not something not not a position that I exactly want to be in. But so especially so- because we do a lot of bashing and criticizing on the game, <laughs> and so to say that like listening to criticism is what's keeping you playing it, it's a little scary about how long people are going to last. But my my Eorzean geography might not be up to snuff, but are, isn't like Alamia kind of like a desert ish place? Uh, I mean, well, it's on the east side of the continent. I don't and know if it actually is. Like, no. Little Alamigo is set in um, freaking middle what's of the, nowhere. It's, no, it, outside of Uldah. So it's it's that's what felt very yes. desert. Like, okay. I don't know if the actual. I don't think it is because it's north. It's like northwest of the shroud, and of course, the shroud is as green as you can possibly okay. get. Then, then never mind. So yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I great. think I, I, you know, I see where you're coming from though, because ever since we had a lot of focus focus around Little Alamigo, I've always had that kind of that weird yeah, feeling well, in my head that it looked the same. Well, sure. When you think about it, like even in uh, Eleven, what's it, uh, Tavnasia? The original Tavnasia is probably nothing like that, but it's just yeah. kind of like their refuge. So if you think about it, like right. I really doubt that Alamigo is anything like. Well, that. and every time we see Ida and Papalimo, I don't get the feeling that they're in this lush jungle That's environment. Just, they I, always seem like they're in the middle of nowhere. But there, we heard that there was like an expedition or something going yeah, around. Yeah, that's true. Going. So they're probably in somewhere that's kind of like excavating ruins or like looking for historical things. Yeah, they're finding Omega. <laughs> that's my solution to everything, by the way. I, I, you know, it's not a bad guess, but at the same time, though, like it's it's so frustrating because like we have no idea when to expect Omega, and it's like the only thing that we, the only clue that we have is like, is it taking place in Cardinal? Yeah, oh, that's that's it. All we've heard. Uh, you know, because I feel like that would be a valid suggestion had the had Omega not been so definitively tied to Cartno. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's I don't know. That's a little bit of a bummer. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to uh, this next email here. Uh, these actually two of these did not make their way to the outline, uh, but I'm going to read this one from uh, Rain Mizuchi. So uh, I have a question, but first I want to uh, I want you guys to know I've been listening to old episodes to catch up on uh, to the current one. I wish I heard you guys sooner, but I'm here now. In episode number twelve, hashtag Get Good, I had a connection to it because around that time I was actually trying to get good as Paladin since uh, I took a six month break and coils were already in the past. So I was behind on everything. Sadly, even to this day, I cannot beat T9. Don't get me wrong. It's not because I suck. It's because not a lot of people want to do it or want to put the time in teaching or helping. 
Overall, every time I listen to your podcast, I learn a part of myself. Every topic you guys uh, had brings me closer as a player to this game as well as a person. Uh, because of you guys, I made an alt on your server to improve my gameplay in this game as well as hopefully join you in your uh, in your dungeon runs or whatever. Uh, you can laugh at me for this. I'm still doing my Zodiac for my Paladin, and yet even uh, started my Anima for Paladin or complete it uh, for my Machinist. I'm proud to be a casual. Here, Here's my question for you guys. Since FanFest will reveal what the new content will be, or hopefully what it will be, what are your favorite class or classes that you do want from that class in the new experience? Samurai. For me, I think it's. Uh, uh, I think. Samurai. For me, I think Paladin should have a skill where Sword Oath and Shield Oath are one, so that way I can get some boost in my attack, and it will, and I will be able to keep aggro. Sorry for the long email. I love you guys. From Rain Mizuchi. Thank you so much for the email, Rain. We appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Thank you for yeah. the kind words. Samurai. Yeah. Samurai. I, Nika, Nika really <laughs> wants Samurai. I don't think Nika does. I, do. I think she just says it, but she doesn't actually want it. <laughs> I really want it. Well, what happens, you know, this is an interesting question because uh, I I couldn't see this possibility. But after getting Dark Knight and it's not that I am disappointed by Dark Knight or that it's not, you you know, it's definitively not what I wanted from the job. But what happens if we get Samurai and you just don't like it, Nika? Uh, Is that a possibility? Do you think that's a possibility? It's a possibility. But the thing is, is I've played every job. Is there and a job that you job. definitively do not like? There are jobs that I don't quite understand because okay. I think they're too complicated. Like, like Summoner and Dragoon, I think, are the two jobs that have so much to the job that it's very convoluted. And I think for my sporadic, crazy, all-over-the-place brain, it's a lot to micromanage. Okay. But I think that I, if I really liked the, the lore or I liked the, the basics behind the job, I could take the time to learn it. So if... if you know the job trends go the same way i don't see myself hating samurai it just might take me a bit to learn it based on its play style however if it's a dps or a tank doesn't matter i'm gonna play it so. okay was it off-putting for you Aniro, having dark knight be a tank because obviously it was a dd in 11 uh you know initially no i don't think i don't think it did i think that you know and and a part of that is that I was already playing a tank. I think if I was coming from DD, I would have been way, way more upset or at least had a lot more feelings about that decision. Right. I think I didn't have many feelings at the time whether Dark Knight should be a DD or a tank. And I think I I think I gave it probably a little bit of slack because I was already playing a tank and so it put me in a very comfortable position to go oh i'm already gonna know this right you didn't have to learn a new role yeah, exactly yeah exactly um I, if they had put it as a dd though i i would have i would have done the same thing that nika is saying and i would have i would have said all right well i'm gonna learn a whole new play style i didn't have to and and so i sort of feel like i didn't really get that much out of dark knight because i didn't have to learn a whole new style i had to learn a new rotation but I didn't have to learn a whole new play style, and I, I don't know. I think that that's a little bit disappointing. I, if, I, if I was disappointed in Dark Knight in any capacity, it was just that it didn't really fundamentally change my play style. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I'm not sure what what could have been included in there to to make that happen either. See, I feel like Dark Knight is the one like is very different than Warrior and Paladin in the way that it plays. Like, I like Dark Knight, but I also don't play it just because managing MP is just too much for me to care about. And so, like, I actually feel when I play Dark Knight that my play style is different than when I play Paladin Warrior. Because I have to, I have to pay a lot more attention to the what's going on with my MP. You're not and wrong. It, it, it makes me consider my actions a lot more. So to me, it is very different. So you're not wrong. Uh, I, I mean, I think that that's fair. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe. I'm just trying to think of like where I was coming from at the time mm-hmm. that Dark Knight was announced, and you know, because everyone, everyone kept asking me like, dude. You know, what if it sucks, man? What if you don't like it? Or, you know, like... What if it's like a Scully and and he hates it? Yeah, uh, and, and, uh, you know, the other question was, of course, like, well, how do you feel about it being a tank? Well, I, I just... Yeah, I was already playing a tank, so I don't think it really even affected me. Right. It's it, I was I was the worst person to ask that question to because I'm just, I was just like I'm just happy to get Dark Knight. <laughs> um. So I think yeah, I think in the it's Nika, I think I'm that way with Samurai. Yeah. Before. Yeah, there's, and you know, and everyone's shouting for Red Mage, and I would probably be the same way with Red Mage, depending on how they released it in this. And game. I think, like, I think Red Just Mage is probably first, yeah. Red Mage was my first job in Eleven, and I'm actually right. planning on ending Rhapsodies of Anadale with Red Mage as well. And I feel like that if they did release it, I would most definitely. I mean, especially if it was a healer, I would job because right now I kind of have a main tank, a main DPS, and a main healer that I play right now. That being Scholar, and yeah. I feel like if Red Mage was a healer, I would instantly drop Scholar and make it Red Mage, like yeah. like that, no question. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Red Mage and Samurai, I think, are the two biggest that I see. You know what Red I mean? Mage like, too. It's blo- no, 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 not on the level that Samurai no, and fuck Red that. Mage are. And the thing is, is that pe- the people who want Blue Mage, when you ask them, the next time someone says, I want Blue Mage, ask them what their context is for it. Yeah. Because if it's FF11, they want the FF11 Blue Mage, and that. it's never going to happen. It's the same thing as me and Beastmaster. I love yes. Beastmaster, but I'm never going to get the Beastmaster I want. And and the thing is, is that... and that Because that, I don't want Beastmaster. You don't want be you don't really want Beastmaster. No, you want, want a pet class. I want a pet class. You want no, a pet class. Exactly. And that's what I feel like a lot of what the Blue Mage people want. Yep. They don't they, they they actually do want Blue Mage. They don't want a job that has Blue Mage themed and named skills cuz right. that's what you're getting. Yeah. Period. It's not going to be something where you have to go and farm the monster abilities. It will never yes, be that. Exactly. exactly. And this and the same thing with Red Mage. You know, like a lot of people's expectation for Red Mage is that it would be a floater between DD and and, no, and I, healer. I, I, There's honestly, no way they're going to peg no. it into the Trinity yep. and that's it. That's all and it's just going to be It will be, either be like an alternative to Bard where it does DPS but gives buffs or it'll be an alternative to Astrologian where yes. it heals and gives buffs. Yep. It will it will play like either of those classes in yep. terms of its you core concept. It. You, for yep, sure. yep, you hit the nail right on the head. I totally agree with that. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, move on to our last email here. This is from Grim Stronghammer of Gilgamesh. It says, hey, hosts and LBR fam. Grim Stronghammer of Gilgamesh here wanting to talk about the jumping potion. Oh, God. Just Five straight I episodes. I jumping potions after this one. Just kidding. Oh, I got trolled. Uh. That's been beaten to death. I just wanted to share my thoughts on deep dungeon i'm still fairly new to the content as i haven't been on much lately wife aggro is real but i've gotten to the 41 to 50 segment and i'm only 
uh, 16, uh, you know, plus 16, plus 20 uh, for the weapon and gear. Uh, Anyway, so far, it's been entertaining, but I don't see much longevity out of the content. The way the level blocks are laid out, it feels more like five floors instead of 50. The rewards are good, but will be irrelevant by the time the system is expanded. So I'm hard pressed to prioritize doing this over other content. Great way to put it, especially as I already have my Nidhogg weapons. I'm not quite done with it, so maybe the story will save it at the last second. But that's my two cents. Thanks for the great show. Grim Stronghammer. P.S. Valor for life. That's what's up. Spoiler: the story's yeah. probably not going to save it. No, spo- I, I've already told you exactly what happens. Yeah, it's, it's not going to save it. It's not. It's a cute little cutscene with the little Lalafell that was, you know, that part of the Tom Tara hard mode. It's, but it's but. not. It's not. It's not going to be the reason that people keep being no. plugged into it. <laughs> you know, like the that that was a real re. Again, you know, we come back. We come back to the fucking story mode dungeons or the story mode um, uh, raids where you know we didn't have. We didn't see this question being bandied about with coil it was a foregone conclusion coil is worth doing and if it wasn't for the gear then it's definitely worth doing for the story and i mean like they really did shoot themselves in the balls by introducing story mode i mean the the raid incentive has it got hacked in half and that's sad. That bums me out because that's really where the long-term longevity of your game is going to be. Don't think it's necessarily going to be in Deep Dungeon. Not unless they make some serious changes like we've talked about here today. So, uh, all right. That's going to be it. That's our last email. Thank you, guys. We got to get out of here. It is a I billion roasting. degrees. It really is. Um, guys, again, I want to uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been so awesome having you. I, I, it's been awesome taking your calls. Thank you for all of your calls. And I want to remind you that we're not going to be live over at twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast today because of two factors. The first is the heat. The heat is unbearable. And so to save ourselves from dehydration as well as to save some computer parts from possibly going out we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here today and take a one week break from final encounter cast we will be back next week here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio with limit break radio starting at 1 p.m eastern and then making the jump over to twitch.tv slash final encounter cast to do episode the next episode of uh, final encounter cast uh guys if you want to join us live twitch.tv slash limit break radio twitch.tv slash final encounter cast the second reason that we are uh that that we are holding off on doing final encounter cast today has be has been because of the patreon totals now when we started the show this total was down at around 1820 something the total is now at 1975 guys we are just 25 dollars from getting us back above 2000 and making sure that final encounter cast stays a funded program if you're a fan of what we do if you are a fan of the content that we make whether it be for limit break radio or for final encounter cast head on over to patreon.com slash limit break radio give just a dollar to support 25 more dollars we're going to get a hundred more dollars boom automatically from our uh, our match goal and if we get 200 patrons we're going to get boom a hundred more dollars because of our match goal let's make that happen it's just it's going to take 25 dollars or about 20 people signing up 
So we can get both of these done if we can get as just the um, uh, the 20 people that we need. Even less than that. It's 18 people that we need to go over and sign up at patreon.com slash limitbreakradio at just a dollar a month, and it'll get it done. And you get those green room videos. You do. You get those green room videos. Obviously, we're not going to have a green room video today because we only have uh, me and th- th- Yeah, three cast members total. Uh, guys, Juxta and uh, Kahlo are going to be back next week. We should have a full crew. Make sure you tune in. FFFL is going to be next week, as well as more of your calls on Deep Dungeon. Keep, guys, keep doing it. We want to hear your suggestions for how they can continue to make Deep Dungeon better. Let's keep making this game as well as the community better by coming up with good critical suggestions to take back to Square Enix so that they can end up making this game better. And to all the feckers out there, we do have a fun topic for FEC next week. We absolutely Something do. that I guarantee has affected every gamer at one time or another. We absolutely do. So guys, make sure that you tune in next week. And uh, if you haven't yet, go listen to our Pokemon Go episode over at FinalEncounterCast.com. It's pretty much all we were going to be talking about this week anyway so uh go ahead and listen to it again that's over at finalencountercast.com and if you want to see the content grow out of the lbr network then you know what patreon.com slash limit break radio is the place to get that done we're going to wrap it up thank you guys so much for hanging out with us here today i want to thank my full crew even though they're not here uh papa woody whose birthday it is today happy birthday papa woody as well as kooky who is out at at SDCC. Skuro somewhere in there in the chat. Uh, shout out to Skuro for doing things for us. Uh, and uh, I also want to thank, of course, our crew. That is uh, Escalia and Nika. Thank you guys for showing up today. But also shout mm-hmm. out and thank you to Juxta and Kahlo for the work that they do producing the show. It, uh, it Everything helps, guys. Everything helps. And with my time at a premium, I really do appreciate you guys pulling together and making sure that this show that is funded by the generosity of our listeners over at patreon.com slash limit break radio gets on the air each and every week that's going to be it for limit break radio i'm an hero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Escalia Ryumasa and The Skuro. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zurian Urexen, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwin, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, Darbykins, Sakura-chan, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash huskybythegeek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>